Geek Top 5 Quarantine Edition. Yay! There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we are back with another one of our special super favorite... Look, I'm not even going to bother prevaricating on this one. I can hear Graham salivating. He's been dying to do this one for months. Graham, why don't you tell everyone what we're on about today? My favorite thing that we've started doing uh, since we came back from our... our long absence it's the 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 fantasy drafts we already did a star trek one and an x-men one and now we're doing a dc comics fantasy draft the idea is we're going to build a team from a list of characters to make our our new dc movie a new justice league movie to like reboot the whole franchise from the ground up so we have uh, four, no, three special guests. I, I counted Jesse. He's always a special guest, but we got some extra special guests with us this week. Our very first guest ever on this show, Kylie, is back yet again. I'm here. They can't get rid of me. <laughs> Give us a little bit of your, your bona fides. Oh, well, um, Graham, as he said it already, I've been on, uh, I was the first guest, very lucky to be the first guest on this podcast. And um, basically, I love all things DC Comics. So I'm excited to do this. Also very nervous because I just said that I love uh, those comics. And if I forget something, it's going to be embarrassing. But uh, we'll see how this goes. Thanks, Kylie. And uh, we've also got uh, uh, our first of two brand new guests, Megan. Welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, guys. It's exciting to be here. What can you tell us about your uh, DC fandom? So my DC fandom originated in the movies and TV shows. And then at Kylie's guidance, I uh, started exploring the comics, uh, beginning with Green Arrow and then really emphasizing the Bat family. All right, welcome aboard. And last but not least, a podcaster that I've been listening to for many, many years, one of the co-hosts of the Puck Podcast, Doug Stolhan. Welcome and thank you all for joining me today. This is a pleasure, honestly. I've done a lot of podcasts in the last 15 years, but uh, this is one that I think I am genuinely the most excited about. I've been looking forward to this since Graham invited me on and... uh, have done copious amounts of research. As I told you guys, I've done more studying for this than I did for any test I took as a student. And that is no lie. Um, This is, I am more than prepared for this. Looking forward to it. As for my DC fandom, uh, I was, I denied myself the pleasure of comics for far too long in life because I thought they were not cool. Then I finally came to the dawning realization that I, I myself am not cool. (laughs) <laughs> so why not embrace the things I love and to hell with everybody else? And oddly enough, I don't know, I don't want to get too political, but about four years ago, I decided to turn off the news and start getting into things where the good guys win on a regular basis. And a friend of mine runs a comic shop uh, locally. So I went to him and I said, uh, here's the characters I like. Where should I start from there? And uh, he is, because he runs a comic shop, he has fed me like a drug addict and now i'm up to reading you know 40 50 comics a month uh both digitally and uh in in print form and so uh it's been a a great 
last four years of really embracing something I loved as a kid, which was the Justice League, the original cartoon from the 60s and 70s. That was like my favorite cartoon as a kid, and uh, getting back into those characters and seeing them all grown up as I've grown up has been a lot of fun. Nice. Okay, so uh, we're going to quickly determine our draft order, but before that, I just want to go over what our categories are, what we're going to be drafting for. Where the, Our category t- styles are a little different from last time. Instead of going for power types or whatever, we're going for more personality types. So we've got a leader, comic relief, elder, hothead, the brains of the operation, an innocent, a wild card, which can be anything, uh, an antagonist, a henchman, and a base of operations. Uh, we're going to do a snake draft, so the draft order will go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and we'll keep going until we've got everything, and then we'll spend a few minutes to figure out uh, what our story is and pitch it to each other. Jesse, A, have I missed anything, and B, can you let us know how we're going to determine our draft order? Those are the basic rules. As with our previous drafts, uh, the pool from which we'll be drawing characters from has been arranged beforehand. Our guests have had a few days to have a look and give some thoughts as to what they want to do. For those of you playing the home game, you can find the pool on our website, geektop5.com, or failing that, facebook.com slash geektop5. Uh, just in case you found this episode on Spotify or Stitcher or Apple or any of the other fine places that podcasts are distributed for absolutely free, uh, you can find that there all the information you need to run this sort of thing on your own that is all the information now before we get going there is of course only one great way to determine turn order um, as developed by head sorcerer of the universe gary gygax we are going to be rolling for initiative rolling a d20 higher number is better so for those of you both listen you know both of you walking at home and those who are joining us on the podcast if you have your own d20s feel free to roll failing that just open the google tab and type roll a d20 lowercase d number two number zero and you will get your number and we will use that order determine who goes first again it's not the worst thing in the world if you go last because it goes one two three four five and then five again back up to one so there are advantages no matter where you are but we want to keep this as uh bias free as possible so let's roll little pun there very small (laughs) i got an 18 i got an 11 i got a 14 I got a three. <laughs> I think I'm at the wrong website. Would someone like to roll for me? Uh, all right, I'll, I'll roll for Kylie. Sorry. Ten. Woohoo! Okay. So, draft order will be uh, me, then Doug, then Megan, then Kylie, then Jesse. This is complicated to explain because we can't prove it's not rigged but every time we've done a draft graham and i have been the delicious buns around the meat of the hamburger uh taking positions one and five and we cannot figure out how or why (laughs) my bad my bad all righty so graham you get to set the pattern so right. uh, we're going to go turn by turn. You get to pick a character. You assign them to one of those categories. Once the character is picked, they are gone. Um, and tell us a little bit about that character and why they suit uh, the category you're sticking them into. 
but try not to tell us what your ultimate storyline is going to be. Save that for the end. Just tell us about the character and and try to to tell us about why, uh, like what, what someone who doesn't know anything about DC Comics would would have to know about them. So I'm going to take a uh, a weird one right off the bat uh, because I feel like the rest of my draft is really dependent on it. And I feel like I'm going to be mocked. This is like, in hockey terms, uh, I'm picking, like, Aki Berg when Wayne Gretzky <laughs> is still on the board. But I'm going with the uh, Crime Syndicate of America. Ooh. Wow. As my, as my antagonist. So they are... So so in the DC universe, there's multiple Earths out there with every kind of, of villain or, or var- variation on the superheroes everywhere. So th- these guys came from Earth 3, and it's a world where all the superheroes are evil, and Lex Luthor is actually the only good guy on the planet. So the the Crime Syndicate of America, they're all analogs for the traditional Justice League. There's Superwoman, Ultraman, Owlman instead of Batman, uh, Power Ring instead of Green Lantern, and Johnny Quick instead of the Flash. And they're just they're just bad guys. They're they're very similar to the superheroes you know, but they're just a little. The powers are a little different, and they're a lot more evil. It's like a Bizarro Justice League, is it not? Kind of, except in DC Comics, Bizarro is a very specific thing where they're... Right, but I mean the, the like opposite, uh, yeah, the uh, the evil version of the characters we know and love. Yeah. Uh, Do yeah. they all have goatees? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wrong draft. <laughs> ah, okay, darn. <laughs> Only Superwoman has a goatee. Are you bringing the entire crew with you, like uh, the Deathstorm, the Johnny Quick, the Atomica, or just specific oh, no. members? I, I really like how how deep your uh, knowledge was there, but uh, I I I'm not gonna tip my hand Ooh. just yet. All right, all right. Doug, why don't you go next, and I'll uh, while I adjust this. Well, the one thing I love about any uh, superhero movie, TV show, or comic book, the the real selling point for me is obviously the heroes, but also the villain. There has to be a very good villain and some actual feeling of peril and how are they going to win in this instance. And so like Graham, I'm going to go with my antagonist first and I will be taking Darkseid, who many people are probably familiar with from comics, TV shows in reference. But to recap, if you're not, he is uh, essentially eternal and immortal, which is both going to be problems for uh, any superhero to beat but he is uh he consumes intelligence and enslaves races from across the galaxy he has godlike strength endurance uh his he's got omega beams that he can fire out uh fire from his eyes if he wants to he has advanced technology boom boxes for inter inter uh, dimensional teleportation he's basically to me the ultimate evil in the universe, the multiverse, and whenever they need, whenever there's an event, it seems like Darkseid is involved somehow, some way, or the threat of Darkseid is there. Uh, and he is also going to be, I'm told, the villain for the upcoming Snyder Cut of Justice League, which is kind of, you know, the idea of this, this multifaceted uh, show, as opposed to a single movie, is kind of where I'm hoping to go as rather than a single movie i'm looking at the short-term series on hbo max so uh you're gonna need a big villain for that and uh dark side is that it doesn't get much bigger 
That, no. uh, yeah. That's a big one off the board. Okay, well, uh, let's go to Megan. So I'm going to take it down to earth a little bit and go <laughs> with the classic Lex Luthor. Uh, I have yet to see an adaption of Lex Luthor on screen that I actually like. Um, you know, like Gene Hackman? Uh, <laughs> a little before my time. Um, he but... was the best one. I'll say that. <laughs> well, not no, a I've lot got... of competition. No, not a, not a great that. race. Um, I think he needs an adaption that lives up to the comic representation. For those unfamiliar with Lex Luthor, he is the classic billionaire, mad scientist, uh, even becoming president at one point. Um, and he offers many avenues for where my story may go. So I'm, I'm going to go with Lex Luthor. So are we going with uh, like Silver Age where he's, he's pure evil and a raging maniac or more of a modern version where he's a cold, calculating billionaire genius? Going to go the modern take, yeah. Okay. Okay, Kylie, what uh, what do you have in store for us? Uh, where all the villains are getting taken off the board real quick. Well, it's it's uh, it was planned that way for me. I was I'm not following suit, but I uh, I did plan <laughs> to take my villain first. Um, I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. I'm gonna go atrocious. I can't even say it properly, uh, which does not bode well for me. Atrocitus. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. Um, but so I chose this because. Um, he is a large villain in the uh, sort of Green Lantern storyline mostly, but um, basically, as most people know, there's the different colored rings. Uh, he sort of started the or is part of the Red Lantern Corps, um, and so their power battery basically f- is fueled off of red energy of rage. Um, his storyline is kind of a revenge not not my storyline with him, but his comic storyline is uh, a sort of revenge on the Lanterns because they created the um, Mine Hunters as their pe- peacekeeping force, but after program but after a programming glitch, they basically went rampage and uh, eradicated all life, including his wife and children. So he's got a bit of a bone to pick with them um but i just love the concepts of rage and how that can uh overtake someone so that's what i chose and with that my first hopeful pick later down the draft comes off the board uh, <laughs> that's a solid one i actually that's no that's that's a great pick i have the mask i've been wearing through this pandemic is a is the red lantern logo and i have yet to have anybody i have yet to anybody have anybody recognize it in public but uh I'm now Very confident cool. that Kylie would, and uh, I would certainly wear it with pride to the opening night of her movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, Jesse, what's where are you going? Are you heading to Antagonist Town too? I, I am not going to Antagonist Town. I almost feel peer pressured, like I should. <laughs> um, but I think, like the you know, being here at number five and getting the double pick gives me an opportunity to set some things in stone that are really going to set the tone for what I want to do. Uh, to start, I look, I mean, I'm not as huge on DC as, as some of you folks are. I don't recognize all the crazy names, but I know what's close to my heart. And when I go to see something with the Justice League or DC in general, I want to see Superman. Um, I'm not going to insult the audience by explaining Superman. <laughs> He's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
I mean, I, I don't think we've made a secret of it on this podcast before. We tend to lean a little more towards Marvel because they're more complex characters. But when I'm going to DC, what I want are my heroes. And Superman is the hero's hero. What I'm going to do, however, I'm going to take Superman and I'm going to drop him into that elder spot. This oh, is going to okay. be... This isn't going to be another origin story. We're not going to you know, have to watch Ma and Pa Kent again. This is going to be <laughs> Superman, who's been around for a while. He's fought Mongol. He's fought Doomsday. He's established himself. He's Superman. Superman is going to be is the principal at this point. Is he still a reporter? Is he still keeping up a secret identity? He's the editor-in-chief now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have they upgraded him yet? Like, I know, like, Spider-Man isn't a photographer anymore. He's a web design guy, right? Is is Clark Kent now on, like, does he run a blog or something? I don't he, believe so. No, I think he is still the uh, same. Good for him. Yeah, the same, <laughs> but he sticks to it. For I think for a stretch in the 80s, he was a, a news anchor on TV. Oh, it's, a, it's an attempt. Okay, yep. I can see that. <laughs> All right, I don't. I don't know how much Clark Kent will play a role in this, but again, I don't want to give out too much of what I'm doing too early, just to make sure you guys don't cut my hamstrings. I just have. I have one more uh, oh, Superman sure. question. Are we going like uh, Kingdom Come Elder, or like a more modern one where he's got a young kid and he's married and and happy? Uh, definitely happy. I again, I'm looking for the hero's hero. I don't want my Superman to be punching people through buildings or snapping anybody's neck or dividing into different color lightning suits. This is Superman. <laughs> All right. Lightning suits. I don't need any of your bells or whistles or complex. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Grumpy old Jesse's on the board. Okay, well, who's your, your Damn right. pick there? Well, right, and here's where I throw some folks for a loop. I'm going to fill in my leader. Um, and sort of the uh, the whole team, of course, is the protagonist. But as the leader, the camera's going to be following him around a lot. I am putting John Constantine in as my leader. Oh, wow. Whoa. Right? Left turn. <laughs> so who is this John Constantine fellow? John Constantine is, I mean, look, the short, short version is he's kind of a noir-ish detective, but there's a ton of magic shit. He, he knows spells, he fights demons, there's, there's some biblical stuff, there's just some sorcery stuff. It's a lot of what I pull when I pull from Constantine actually comes from the Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah, I which was going to say, are we talking the, uh, the TV show or the movie? All right, now, I, now I'm with you. Definitely leaning towards that. This is going to be a character who is obviously going to clash with Superman a little. Um, but to give away a little bit of what I'm doing, but I think you can see where it's going already. I mean, the thing with Superman, as much as I love him, is that it's hard to set him up with a problem that he can't solve by flying it into the sun. Right? Yes. Lex Luthor, throw him in the sun. <laughs> Dark side, sun. You know, her world, sun. It's but Superman, the one thing Superman can't do is magic. Magic is, I mean, and kryptonite, I guess. And that gets complicated, too, because there's as many colors of kryptonite as there are power lanterns nowadays. But magic is his jazz. So I want to have that touchstone of what the Justice League is all about. And that's why Superman is there. But Superman is not the leader because this is going to be a problem that's kind of outside of his control. This is going to be something that Superman isn't going to be able to handle. 
it's going to be pretty magic heavy, and Constantine is my guy for that. Besides the magic expertise, the incredibly cynical viewpoint that is going to clash with Superman is already setting up personality conflicts that are going to carry a lot of my movie, and I'm, I am looking forward to that. That's a uh, very interesting leader pick, because when I think of John Constantine, either the movie, which I loved, or the TV show, which I also loved for completely different reasons, I don't think leader. I think loner and guy that goes his own way and certainly does not follow anyone's example, but he also is not a leader of people. And so that's going to be, that's, we're setting up for a nice, nice work here by, uh, by Jesse. I like where this is going already. I am rubbing my hands warm with anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back up to Kylie. All right, I'm also going to take a left turn uh, in that I'm not going to follow suit and pick a leader. Uh, I am going to pick my hothead, and I'm going to take Lobo. Oh, I, yes. I just I was living in an alternate universe for a second, and I heard you say Guy Gardner, because of course... <laughs> But no, that is a bit of a left turn. I'm taking a left turn. Uh, I love the character a lot. Um, for those who don't know, Lobo is a anti-superhero bounty hunter, um, interstellar mercenary, kind of all around toys with that line of good versus evil. And, you know, um, he's been a villain and was introduced as a villain, but kind of became this anti-hero anti biker in the early 90s. And um, I just like his overall demeanor, and I think he's perfect for a hothead. And I think visually in a movie, Atrocitus yeah. and Lobo already are yeah. a feast for the eyes. I mean, that mm -hmm. is a character that is born for the big screen. I could uh, see a situation yeah. where maybe he's like tempted to join the Red look, Lanterns. Look, don't oh, write sure. my oh, story sorry. for me, please. Sorry. Sorry. That was bad form. Bad form. I'm sorry. Yeah. But you might be hinting at a few things. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go to Megan then. Well, I made no secret of my Bat family loyalty at the beginning, so I'm actually going to go with my elder selection and choose Mr. Wayne himself. Um, I am go, maybe it's the, the, uh, recent run of Batman that I've been reading lately, but I'm picking him as my elder. We're talking, the Bat family is fully formed, uh, at this stage. And, uh, I mean, there's been so many iterations of him for a reason. Uh, he's just, he's a complex character that there's always new avenues to explore with him. And I think, uh, he will fill my elder role greatly. The elder role of a human being, that, uh, that'll be interesting because the rest of your team could very well be older than him. Well, hopefully uh, my plan will work out. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Everyone <laughs> doesn't ruin it. A Batman versus Lex Luthor uh, face-off, that's going to be interesting. That's the, certainly, uh, yeah. Yeah. Billionaires. So the whole movie takes place in a boardroom, <laughs> secretaries <laughs> everywhere, it's lots of excel. It's yeah. a hostile takeover. <laughs> a lot of stock options. <laughs> if you'll turn your attention to paragraph 74, section C. Bottom. Hey, you know, it's a, it's a key uh, part of the Joker Wars with Joker getting Bruce Wayne's uh, money. So I, You know what? I was making a joke, but you're absolutely yeah. right. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back up to Mr. Doug. Uh, this is 
so cool, by the way. Just being in this, just these last, listening to these picks, I feel like I've stepped into one of my favorite podcasts. So this is awesome to be a part of this. Thank you again for inviting me. Uh, and with that, I'm going to probably uh, make a pick that a lot of people will think is foolish this early, but I, he's key to me for the story I want to tell. And when you think about the, the superhero movies you love, my personal favorites, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok, uh, Shazam, they have a comic element to them. There is humor mixed into the story. You get some action, you get some laughs, you leave feeling great. So I'm going comic relief because it's in short supply. The DC universe does not have a lot of yucks <laughs> to be had. Uh, so I want to get the comic relief that I can while I can. And that's Ambush Bug. This guy is going to be <laughs> phenomenal in my movie. Trust me when I say this. Uh, he's always... First, if you're not familiar with Ambush Bug, and why would you be? Uh, <laughs> he's essentially just a guy that has a bug suit like grafted onto him, and he has some, some basic powers like teleportation and a little bit of basic defense against attack. He is not there to fight anybody. He's not there to help the team in any way. He works for a channel called Channel 52. He's a broadcaster <laughs> and his entire purpose in my story is going to be exposition by broadcasting to the Channel 52 audience and popping up at the worst possible <laughs> moment for an interview while characters are in battle or in emotional turmoil. Oh, He's I just going to appear this. with the microphone and be like what's going on? How are you feeling about this right now? And there's going to be a lot of obscenities and get the hell out of here and it's going to be great the comic relief from ambush bug was worth using a second round pick for I, absolutely i am so happy about this choice <laughs> fantastic uh, yeah i i think uh as speaking as the person who picked it, the crime syndicate of america first overall i think i can say ambush bugs a a reach at second overall but, but <laughs> if, if i if i good. lost him at any point i would have been so upset because <laughs> i'm serious like most of my script would be dedicated to getting ambush bug in there i i think like almost like the ruby red character from uh the, the fifth element oh, yeah. where it's just this annoying character that you just the audience and the characters all hate but you can't help but love him at the same time man you gotta get chris tucker to play him now i can't imagine anyone else <laughs> it, it, believe me he would take that call <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i got two picks now and uh i think i'm going to upset at least one of my fellow drafters here I, I really expected this character to be gone by now, so I gotta take him while the iron's hot, so to speak. I am going to go with uh, Barbara Gordon, aka Ooh. Oracle. Oh boy, my brain. <laughs> that, that that definitely tears a hole in the Bat Family. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. I. I, I love that development of the character where you go from Batgirl and then this horrible, tragic thing happens to her and she isn't, you know, I'm sure there was a stretch where, where she was very dis uh, upset and, and uh, dealing with a lot of trauma and ending up in a wheelchair paralyzed from the waist down. But the way she translated that into becoming this genius on the internet and, and the, the voice that connects all the superheroes in the DC universe and, and leads from from behind the scenes and became the leader of the uh, birds of prey. I love that story arc and that, that empowerment that she has there. And I also 
I'm a little worried about having too many like strong physical presences on my team at once. So I want to have her in the background, keeping everyone going, being their their motivating force, and and also just being the smartest person in the room. So there we go. There's my my second round pick. Your response, Megan. <laughs> Full disclosure, Batgirl is my favorite, and in the recent Batgirl issue, she actually put the Oracle hat back on, so oh, nice. it's, it's going to be a tough one to overcome, but uh, I, I won't hold it against you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, Graham, uh, you're a sports fan like I am. Are trades allowed in here? Because I feel like that was made specifically to trade into Megan. <laughs> uh, we'll have to talk after the show, just some, some feelings <laughs> Um, I think for my next pick, who are you going to piss off now? That's a really good question. <laughs> I'm very happy with how this has gone so far. Because uh, the I dice think... is rigged. <laughs> how dare you? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Azriel for my hothead. Ooh. Another probably oh. picking way too high. But uh, my my era of of DC fandom and, and Bat fandom in particular is when Batman had his back broken and Azrael took over that role, uh, Jean Paul Valet, and he he grew up in this and was uh, trained by this Catholic cult, and he's got all this like rage and angst, and, and he when he takes over as Batman, he doesn't you know pussyfoot around with with the villains he's he's crippling them and, and sending people to the hospital and and doing things that batman would never dream of to the point where like batman has to bruce wayne has to pull himself out of his sick bed to, to reclaim his title so i think that'll be a very interesting hothead to have on the team especially with the, the religious background as well and and the the this cult-like upbringing that is a character i'm not very familiar with do you do you have any more on his abilities on his uh is he's, this a human yeah yeah he's a human he's he's just a, a a guy just like batman except he doesn't have he doesn't have billions of dollars behind him he's just just really likes beating people up and, and doing it for the <laughs> lord you know to, <laughs> doing the lord's work from, uh, <laughs> from that uh what's that movie jesse dead again is that it with the uh, the Peter Jackson one. Anyway, there's a, a priest oh, dead in alive, dead, dead alive. alive, who kicks ass for the Lord. That's uh, that's Azrael. Well, that Sounds sets okay. that sets me up uh, then to get my leader out of the way, and uh, I'm very happy because again, when you go through, just like there's not a lot of comic relief in the DC universe, there's plenty of people that have leadership roles, but there was only one person in my uh, my book of the DC Comics Encyclopedia that literally had leadership listed among his power and abilities and that is Martian Manhunter. So he will be my uh, my no. leader. Plus I've got dark side so I've got kind of an intergalactic uh, approach to this already starting. I need somebody that is otherworldly to go up against somebody that are otherworldly and Martian Manhunter He's got physical near invulnerability, regenerative abilities, superhuman strength, flight, telepathy, telekinesis, shape-shifting. Uh, the real key for his leadership, though, is that he can link the entire Justice League telepathically to be able to communicate with each other over incredible distances uh, instantaneously. Incredible power of Zoom. Yes. So uh, <laughs> that's going to come in handy when you're fighting Darkseid throughout the galaxy and throughout the universe so uh 
I'm a big fan of Martian Manhunter, the story and uh, his his character, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to have him as the leader because I think he'll give it a grounded, logic, almost Spock-like approach of uh, of seriousness, and then ambush bug comes in and interviews him and, and annoys him and the, the the give and take though martian manhunter was just too good to pass up i i also wouldn't be i don't know this for a fact but i wouldn't be surprised if he's appeared in more justice league issues than any other character hmm. it, it's entirely possible i mean he really doesn't he's one of the few justice league regulars that never really had his own successful book or his own successful brand you know the traditional justice league now so many of them are known to us as like Superman, Batman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, even Cyborg now. But Martian Manhunter is always there as kind of the the glue behind the scenes, but doesn't get the uh, doesn't get the praise. And I think he's just fine with that being the sole survivor of a now extinct race of Martians. All cool, right. cool, 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 cool. Thanks for taking that. <laughs> <laughs> you thought okay. with my ambush bug I was going to be picking a crap team. <laughs> Man. <laughs> All right, Megan, who's, uh, who's hard are you breaking this time? Um, so I think my elder choice will make a little more sense now. I'm going to pick Dick Grayson, Nightwing, as my leader. Um, oh, yeah. original Robin. Um, I'm going to give him a chance in the uh, top chair. And I love the dynamic always between him and Bruce. And I think with Bruce as my elder and um, Dick as the leader, it's just a great contrast. And uh, also in honor, honor of him finally getting his memory back, uh, this is our <laughs> last. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Dick. Or are you going to go with Rick? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad it's gone. <laughs> Just uh, in the comics recently, he lost his memory and was going by Rick Grayson for oh, a while God. there. You know, he's always going to be a dick. Like, because he almost remembered it and just got one letter wrong? <laughs> yeah. What was the... <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out of genuine curiosity, though, so at this point, like, back, I, the last time I remember reading of Nightwing was a long time ago, but he was basically, like, angrier, emo-ier Batman. Has he sort of come into his own since then, or is he still mostly just, like, a gadgets and angry kid? I would say the opposite. I find him to be the lighter version of Batman. He's more uh, in tune with his comedic side, and recently he's been trying to have his uh, own life with his romantic interest as well. And hmm. um, yeah, I've, I've, I would say he's the lighter version of Batman. I think okay. I think in the '90s when he was written by Chuck Dixon, he went a little darker, and you know he was a cop by day and a, a superhero by night. So he he just was you know he didn't have he didn't have a life. He didn't sleep. He, it would make yeah. anyone irritable. And, <laughs> and then in the uh, in the what 2010s around there, he he Bruce Wayne was dead, and he took over as Batman, and Damian Wayne was Robin, and that really showed a, a cool side of him as being Batman. Mm-hmm. I, I'm most familiar with that version of Dick Grayson, the recent one from Titans, the, the TV show, which I loved, yep. and it, it was very much a uh, he rejected that, that if you're bringing any of that in there, his uh, love of Batman was long since gone, and so that mm-hmm. uh, friction between those two would be great theater uh every scene that they're in just the the unspoken looks between each other would be fantastic and i think you could have slotted him in as comic relief because his name is dick and <laughs> the the number of puns and the different ways you could say that 
uh, it kind of speaks for itself on why that might Where's be Where's an ambush uh, bug when you need them? That's <laughs> right. Come in with the puns. <laughs> I hope you uh, have Burt Ward to play him, like present day Burt Ward. Play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kylie. All right. Uh, Here goes. I'm going comic relief. I'm going booster gold. I'm, oh, good nice. choice. Yeah, I'm going a scoundrel from the future. Um, <laughs> I, I think believe, kinda... uh, at least in some versions, uh, Canadians, we finally have some CanCon in, in here. I'm so excited. <laughs> not, not um, to be proud of, though. Mr. <laughs> Gold is a great character. I think you, he's a fantastic character. Um, I'm I love the character. I don't know if, like, if I had to pick between him and Superman to rescue me from a burning building or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he would compliment my Lobo, and I think that there would be some great uh, moments there between those two, for sure. Um, but overall, I just, I like that he's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know, I just like that he's like, does his own thing, he's chauvinistic, he's, um, he would definitely fit in in terms of a comic relief character. I don't know how much he would actually help me, like you said, uh, fight the the Red Lanterns, but I think in a rage-filled movie you need some sort of comic relief. And I think Booster Gold fits that. Maybe I, I'm crazy, I like that but... makes a lot of sense. And Booster Gold and Lobo works for me. So as soon as you said that, I was sold. <laughs> yeah, again, visually, this movie is already... If it was on mute... This movie would be fun to watch. Oh, the, wait. Did I not mention that it was a silent film? All the title uh, cards. Yeah, all the better. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's just the characters you already have are just so fun to to look at on the page. So I can only imagine in real life uh, this, would be, this would be fantastic. And I'm not even done yet. No. <laughs> just quit with your head. Just end it now, Kylie. I'm done. That's it. That's my whole team. Nothing's getting done. Okay, Jesse, you're up. Yeah, okay. Picks three and four. Um, there are so many things I feel like I want to lock down, and I'm trying to decide what's the most likely to get taken. Uh, let me get this out of the way for, for the villain's henchman in this case. Uh, I'm going to take Felix Faust. Mm. who is a Constantine villain, so that's going to work out fine. Um, and and look, I'm sure he has a lot more character development to him, but basically, he's a wizard. <laughs> he's, he's a wizard, and he casts spells. <laughs> that's, that's everything you need to know. Are um, you going to cast Daniel Ratcliffe in that role? I might. <laughs> no? Uh, no. The, no, the thing, what I'm doing, I'm sort of taking the opposite approach at this that... that Doug took. I'm thinking, like, like I don't want to start with Thanos. You know, the, like the Marvel villain started with Obadiah Stane. Like, I, I, you know, I need to start. I feel like I want to start with someone small who's who's going to be a threat in this movie, but isn't going to be a major player in the the universe that I'm building out in my head. And I think this is a good character for that. It's you know is not up there with Lex Luthor or Darkseid or even Atrocitus. He's 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 just a, a guy who casts spells. I think I read <laughs> at some point somewhere like originally they had him like they had, they, they had ripped off H.P. Lovecraft's Necronomicon and just added like it's it, it's it's almost campy. And I think he might come off as campy, and that's really going to bug Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's also yeah, he, a henchman, so it doesn't he doesn't have to be the ultra threat he can just be doing the magic bidding of whoever exactly. your antagonist ends up being 
but so but, far, I, I think, Jesse, you should be reminded, this is Justice League, not Justice League Dark. You seem to be taking Superman <laughs> into a Justice League Dark story. Yeah, and that is what I'm trying to avoid, and that's why Superman is there. Um, but I do need to have more than just... Ah, see, and that's anyway. That's that, that's Felix Faust, but yeah. So you can see what where I'm prevaricating, and whatever I pick now might. Uh, okay, no, I think I'm okay. <laughs> so for my fourth choice, I I'm not sure if this is okay, and I kind of want the group's input on it before I take it. Um, I want to get a Green Lantern in there, and. And, and I know, I know that like it's so like Kylie already is is like sending a, a mail bomb to my house. Um, <laughs> I, you should if you could see my face. I could hear her holding her breath. Waiting. Did you hear me? I took a breath in. I actually took a breath in. I was like, <laughs> and what I was originally thinking of doing, gonna... and I and again, I don't know if this is okay. Is I kind of wanted to cast my innocent and put Jessica. I Cruz am going in. to rage yep. quit. Well, no, I, <laughs> I, know, I know. Like if it's just a matter of <sighs> taking a draft pick away from Kylie, like that's that's the game, sweetheart. And I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I am going to throw key, my computer. But the key with Jessica Cruz, and this is what I wanted to run by the group, is that she has trauma in her background, mm-hmm. and I wanted to use that as a sense, like. I'm not, I feel like it might not be okay to overlap that with the innocent descriptor. Like what I was going for with that is that she's not like confident. She's not like saving her powers yet. She's still vulnerable. But I don't know if that's cool, frankly. Uh, I kind of wanted to pull the group. I, I would definitely have put her in the innocent category because she's still, even in the comics these days, she's she's still coming to grips with being a superhero. Well, yeah, I agree. Can... It's uh, every time I see her, she's it's a lesson. It's she's learning to get better and better. And so, yeah, I would certainly think she fits Look, innocent. But that's up to you if you want to break her heart. I <laughs> this is going to hurt me so much. But I had her for my innocent. Oh, so I can't be ang- like I can't actually like argue against it. However, I am very upset. <laughs> that I did not take her as my second round pick like I originally planned, but I thought no one was going to take her. So there goes that. Great. Awesome. So happy to be on this podcast. (laughs) And with that, Kylie, you're next. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like I was just going to pick that. Um, Well, that's going to hurt for a while. Um, Oh, God. I... I'm now frazzled. I need to figure out what I was going to do. Oh, okay. All right. Blue Beetle. Ted Cord is what I'm taking for my brain. Bahaha. Oh. Why are you laughing? I, I say, I say bahaha because that's what that was the thing when when oh, okay. I was like, I was like, Gold were always like is that a bad pick? Am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Yes, I feel like you cannot have Booster Gold without your Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Um, they just work so well together. Um, I just want to double check. You, you've got him as your brain, as my brain. Okay. Um, because I think that you know he his they literally in the description, his wits are part of it, and not just his fists. So um, I think that he could be the brain of the operation, while also keeping Booster Gold in some sort of uh, 
rein in. <laughs> um, and I just think Lobo is going to make fun of him a lot for being a blue beetle. <laughs> That's fair. And I, I can really see him being very intimidated by Lobo. But there goes like... Booster. Oh, God, I'm so mad. Anyways, continue. I'm so angry. Sorry, Kylie. <laughs> What do we and got Booster for Gold Rob? and Blue Beetle? They had a whole thing. Like it was, was it Death and Return of Superman where they were playing off each other all the time? It was the two of them and Fire and Ice, I think. Yeah, we're a crew. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, a package like deal. The... Those two are a package deal in my mind. Yeah, so that, that's a great pick. That makes a lot of sense. You're just it trying to make really up for pick. the pick that you made. <laughs> You're just trying to make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. Believe that. I can't believe we've got so many iconic pairs together already. You got uh, uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold and uh, Nightwing and Batman. John I'm Constantine impressed. and Jessica Cruz. Like, uh, that's a, yeah. that is a pairing <laughs> I did not see coming. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, that was my uh, pick. Sorry. All right, Megan, you're up. I'm going to go with my comic relief. And I think any good Justice League needs a speedster. So I'm going to go with Wally West. The uh, third to name to wear the uh, Flash moniker, or otherwise known as Kid Flash. Um, I've been rewatching the Young Justice cartoon, and uh, I just love the dynamic between him and Nightwing. And he's always quick to provide the comic relief, so I think he will fit well um, in that role for mine. Wow, you got a real like youth versus age thing going on in your board. <laughs> I like it. This is one that's going to sell tickets on name recognition alone. Batman, Lex <laughs> Luthor, Flash, Nightwing. Yeah. I mean, seriously, don't, you don't even need a trailer for this. You just need to have a poster, <laughs> and people are showing up in droves for sure. Yeah, you're talking about yours with uh, Chris Tucker's ambush bug, right? That's, that's <laughs> no, no. It, it, mine is yeah. Mine's going to need some serious. Sell. That's why I got an HBO Max. It's a low key, <laughs> you know. It's a control. Right. It's like you know, hey, just hey, watch this if you want or not. You know, go check out the, uh, you know, the uh, some of the other stuff we have available here. You're not paying too much money for it. Uh, this I'm, I'm I had my list of how I wanted to go. Uh, with my picks, and so far so good, but the, this last few picks have made me nervous, so I'm going to get a couple of picks I was hoping to get later out of the way, and I I did the, uh, I don't think it was audible, but I had a gasp of uh, horror when I heard Blue Beetle come up, because I want Blue Beetle Jamie Reyes as my innocent. Ooh. Mm. So, uh. I love that character of a guy that literally saw, like, uh, a theft or something going on ended up with a backpack and blue beetle attached to him and has completely turned his life upside down and now he's got these these powers and this persona and this this demon kind of this alien life form that's a part of him constantly fighting with him to be evil when he wants to be good and i like that as a as a teenager from el paso texas being thrown into this larger world of dark side of martian manhunter of what I hope are things to come, some of the characters that I may get later, but his his innocence as every man being brought into this with the powers of Blue Beetle, which are an armor that provides protection and has advanced uh, physical capabilities. He can create uh, weapons, energy weapons or blades. He can fly if he needs to. Uh, Universal Translator, which will serve him well in intergalactic species, in intergalactic battles, so yeah, the innocent uh, Jamie Reyes. Uh, you, you worried me there, Kylie, when you said Blue Beetle. Very happy you went Ted Core. Very. At least happy. one of us. At least one of us got our wish. 
<laughs> going down with that. I'm going to go down with that. I'm going to be hearing about this years from now. Yeah, every <laughs> podcast from now on, Definitely. I will be. <laughs> she is my all-time fave. I, I, I think it's it's Jaime Reyes, uh, but I don't want to. That's be... probably yeah. That's that's fine. Jaime Reyes, it is. <laughs> okay, Whew. I'm glad. I'm happy, uh... happy to have him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a newer character, but he's he's pretty cool, and it's a very different take from the Ted Cord one. For sure, for sure. Okay, I I am going to follow your lead, and I also think some of these, at least one of these next two, is uh, someone who I probably could wait on, but I really want them, and I would be devastated if they were taken. And this is someone who I didn't know much about until I started doing this research, and then I loved their storyline and really wanted to have them. So I'm taking the Ray as my innocent. Ooh, good one. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So he's got all sorts of light powers, you know, in, in classic DC fashion. He can do basically anything. He can blind you. He can make it so that you can't see certain things. He can adjust wave like he can fly. He can turn invisible. He can do everything. But I think the thing that makes him very interesting is that his mother thought he was allergic to the sun because whenever he was in the sun, he would his powers would activate. And so she kept him alone indoors in the dark with only TV and, and uh, movies and magazines to keep him company. And so his entire youth up until he breaks free of that and leaves home in his uh, early 20s, I guess, he he's just been fed this diet of fiction. And so he doesn't really know how the real world works. Everything he knows is from TV and movies and, and that heightened reality. So it's going to be interesting watching him figure out how the real world works while dealing with this superhero drama and, and learning how to interact with other humans. I, I, I needed to have that on my team. That's an interesting innocent. Could have also been the uh, the Kimmy Schmidt type uh, comic relief. <laughs> That's true. That's true. As he completely does not understand social interactions or life in the that he's not actually living or just watching a TV show or stuff. But uh, that's a strong that's a strong pick for innocent. I like that. Okay, and then my next one, the the team leader. I am gonna go with Black Canary. Uh, wow. She... <laughs> Sorry, Kylie. No, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I just like had two women on my uh, mind for this uh, whole thing. If I, because again, when Jessica Cruz was taken, I was like, hmm, I'll slot in my next favorite. Fine. Boy. <laughs> it's fine. If I have a team of all men, this is why. <laughs> it is not sexist. You guys took the ones I wanted. <laughs> So she, noted. Black Canary is, uh, <laughs> I she's had so many different origins and storylines over the years, but when you get right down to it, she's a tough martial artist. She's, she's, um, uh, got spy training. She can, she's very physical. She rides motorcycles. She's got all these, these cool things. And she's, she's just a tough, she'd be a great leader. Kind of like how white Canary on DC's legends of tomorrow is, is the leader later on. I think anyway, I'm pretty sure later on they gave her the Canary cry where she could scream and, and do stuff with her voice. Um, and that, I don't want to get too deep into that. Cause I think that'll be part of my, uh, my storyline here, but, uh, yeah, so that's those are my picks. She's she was uh, in the most recent Birds of Prey 
movie as well. So she's she's got a lot of screen time. I don't know if I'm going to go with that version or a different version, but I think she's she's got enough of a public or a perception now in the world that she'll be a good leader and, and people will recognize who she is. This is starting to look like an HBO Max series as well with what That's you got true. going here. You don't got a lot of star power, but I like that, that as a leader, I never... I'm just looking at where I slotted these people, and I never considered Black Canary as the leader. So it's it's interesting that you chose her as that position. But uh, I, I think I'm sort of used to her in, in that kind of role in the comics. Like in the Birds of Prey comics, she tends to be the the field leader, while Oracle tends to be the brains. I, I didn't really plan on going for a Birds of Prey vibe here, but just how it's how the draft <laughs> has ended up. But I, I don't have a problem with it. Okay, or should you? Thank you. <laughs> okay, Doug, uh, it's, uh, you're next. Well, again, earlier in the draft, I uh, had to hold my breath until I heard the, the details, and uh, I was spared uh, the horror that, that poor Kylie has suffered twice already. <laughs> and uh, So I'm going to get my hothead now and get Mr. Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, mm. as just a guy that, I love. He's my favorite Green Lantern really? because he his attitude is always something that seems so against the Green Lantern core. He's like this uh, this this guy that really you talk about Azrael just liking kicking butt and and beating people up for the Lord. Uh, guy just seems to do it for the thrill of it, the enjoyment of it. He's a jerk. He's uh, I think his play off of ambush bug is going to be fantastic some of the better lines of the movie or the series will be their interactions but again i need a green lantern for the story i have envisioned of this intergalactic threat and he's my guy because he has the most personality of the green lanterns and he's got that temper that i think lends itself to the hothead role in this uh where he's just gonna he's gonna go off and do his own thing and He's, he's still a loyal uh, fighter, and if you don't know the Green Lanterns, of course, they have the power ring that they can basically project anything that their mind can imagine into reality, and it gives them flight and defenses and all kinds of uh, abilities. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to have him on there because I think that's the kind of – his temper mixed with his powers will be very fun to, uh, to use throughout the movie. I kind of wish uh, he'd ended up on, on Megan's team, so we could have had that classic Batman knocking him out with one punch scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was very true, but uh, luckily that will not be a, the case. Although Ambush Bug may bring that up in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Megan, you are up next. Now, I'm a little afraid of the three targets I have getting taken, but I'm going to pick one. And I'm going to go with Supergirl for my innocent selection. Um, I love her comics um, and her coming to Earth and just being very lost and thinking that she's going to have this role with Superman and when he's much older, um, just trying to figure out who she is and adapting to Earth. And I think she will fill my innocent role quite well on my team. Yeah, do you want to give a little more uh, background on, on her? The, uh, there have been a couple different versions. and uh... Yes, so 
I will go with the Cara Zorel uh, version and Cara Danvers. Um, she is Superman's cousin. She is tasked with looking after Superman, but she gets lost in the Phantom Zone on her way to Earth. And so by the time she gets to Earth, Superman is fully grown and uh, she no longer has the task of uh, protecting him because he's fully capable of protecting himself. Um, and she shares similar powers to Superman and um, she's just great. She is great. That's a great <laughs> All right. So I'm going to choose my leader now. Um, I think... He makes the most sense for my storyline. I'm going to go with the Green Lantern, John Stewart. Um, Good choice. He is the third human to ever wield the Green Lantern ring. Uh, and as it says right in his bio, John Stewart's leadership and tactical brilliance is, a leg is legendary <laughs> throughout the, sex the sector of the galaxy. So um, I think he brings a great leadership um, to my team. I think he's going to be also the rock of keeping these crazy people in check. Because <laughs> um, I do have quite a quite a interesting group of people that uh, will be, I will be very curious to see how John Stewart deals with Lobo. Um but yeah, so I think he makes the most sense for me to be my leader. I think that's sure. a, that's, yeah, that's a good pick. And, and for I a generation, hmm? for for Can like a generation of, of uh, TV viewers, he was the Green Lantern because of that cartoon. That's true. That's I learned more about Green Lanterns about him mm -hmm. than from any of the other. Characters. Yeah, and I think Hal Jordan's been done so <laughs> in a great way, yeah. obviously with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Yeah, we've taken <laughs> yeah. three Green Lanterns, and Hal Jordan's still available. What does that tell you about uh, that, yeah, exactly. that, what, that? The lingering effects that movie has had on yeah. Our, yeah. our versions of that character. But no, John Stewart is absolutely his leadership in that group and the dynamic of his exasperation with Booster Gold is going to be great in that story uh, because of his attitude mm -hmm. and uh, Stewart's military and strict. Uh, approach to things and then the, the the unpredictability of Booster Gold and Lobo that's that's solid plus I like his constructs better mm -hmm. I just they make more sense to me like the, the the stuff that he builds with his power ring like it's like that like whereas you know the classic stuff you see it's like I'll make a big baseball bat like, yeah <laughs> well you don't need a magical power ring you can just get a baseball bat like <laughs> I, that, that was one of the interesting things they introduced in the more modern era where you could really see the different personalities of the Green Lanterns reflected in the contracts, mm -hmm. uh, contracts and how they worked in, in John Stewart's background as an architect. So you could actually see all the like bits and pieces that go into the building, whatever he constructs with his power ring. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool to watch the stuff he makes like that. I, I like that a lot. Uh, you want to switch it up uh, over there? <laughs> 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 kidding, kidding. I also really loved his run on The Daily Show. I think it was never better. <laughs> if you cast him as John Stewart, it's, it's, a, it's comic relief, it's leader, it's everything. Controversial. <laughs> okay, Jesse, I think we are on to you. We are, and um, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good with what I wanted to do so far. Um, so I'm going to do some giving away of what I'm doing here. Um, for my antagonist, I'm taking Parallax. Ooh. Ooh. 
Parallax, who is traditionally a Green Lantern villain, uh, but has sort of ended up all over the place. He is like the embodiment of fear um, and does a lot of like possessing people and bringing out their worst qualities. But the like way back when, when Green Lantern stuff didn't work on yellow, like that, that's how they explained it is because Parallax is yellow, I guess. And they, they were like, and he was in the ring. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It sounds silly when you talk about it. <laughs> Um, but what I'm looking for is a you know, a non-corporeal, non-material, non-traditional, let's face it, sounds pretty magical villain. And as the the force pulling the strings behind the scenes, I think that's going to work out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I need to do much more justification there. I think that works. I feel really good about it. Um, and again, <laughs> it's... Pep talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm nervous here. I, I mean, like for starters, I mean Kylie might jump out of the shadows at any moment. And to me, so. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Right. Uh, so that's there. Ah, and then my wild card is my wild card. I'm. This might be a bit of personal bias, but my wild card. I'm taking Cyborg Superman. I'm taking Hank Henshaw Ooh. as the wild card. Wow. Now, the origin of this is I have a huge soft spot for the death and return of Superman storyline. Um, when I was really starting to read comics, like when they were more than just like random stuff like that, you know, my parents would occasionally pick up. Like when I was following a story, it was that arc. And I will always remember, like as cool as Superman's fight with Doomsday was, like a big part of that arc was the was dealing with what happens after Superman. And that always really fascinated me. And the way it built into this, this villain, I just, I've always had a soft spot for him. But in terms of what he's done since then, he's become a sort of well, not minor, not as big as Parallax, but still major villain on the cosmic scale. And the Green Lanterns have to put up with him a lot. I think he's worn a couple different color power rings over the years. Um but I didn't want to make him my antagonist or a henchman because I think as a villain, he's kind of kind of flat, kind of two-dimensional. But I think putting him in a world where you have Superman on one end and Parallax on the other, I think there's room for some Loki kind of shenanigans <laughs> here. Where mm-hmm. Hank Henshaw sort of sees opportunities to advance himself in either way. Like So I think in the most traditional sense of wild card he's going to be in this movie as a character where we're unsure of his motivations unsure of what he's doing there there is the actions taken against the heroes but also things to support them a little and it helps me it helps make it more of a thing for superman like rather than superman sort of giving an assignment to john constantine and then going to do his thing there's some personal stakes in this for him there now uh, which is going to be really interesting, and as and it's sort of a cheat because as you know, as much as I want my hero to be Superman, as much as I hate evil Superman, now I can have my cake and eat it too. <laughs> I remember when uh, when the Supergirl series was announced and uh, David Harewood was announced. Oh as, yeah, as, yeah, as Hank Henshaw. I was so like, excited, <laughs> and then like episode two, it's revealed that he's actually Martian Manhunter. Ah, you I, you were pretty crestfallen, I think. <laughs> 
I was really upset. I didn't understand why they would bother to do that. Martian Manhunter is a fine character. You can just introduce him. And if he has to have a cover identity, just make him John Harrison, <laughs> right? Have Bumble Branch Crumber Bumper play him for a little bit, and then you're done. Like, it's, wow, deep cuts. Uh, I just... Yeah, I was I yeah, I I've got a soft spot for Cyborg Superman. I just he's so cool to look at. It's so awesome. And 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 just as a sci-fi geek, like Superman but with technology with robot parts in him. Ah, so amazing. But I don't want him just to be a, a one-note villain. I want him to be interesting and have character and I want to build on that here. Fantastic. All right, Kylie, you're up. All right, so I am deviating from my original plan, and my innocence <laughs> will be Green Lantern Kyle Rayner. So yeah. I read a lot of comics um, where, like, I read a lot of the Green Arrow stuff, and at one point when, um, you know, Green Arrow dies and then um, Connor Hawk takes it over, I think the, they get into more of a Kyle and Connor sort of situation situation but the reason i like kyle so much is his the ring is never really it's never really explained why the ring chose him it's just he was in like the right place at the right time um and i kind of like that i kind of also liked his his past storyline of being like a struggling uh, but gifted freelance comic book artist um and his he was raised by his mother as an only child. And I don't I just really liked his storyline, but I do think he is seen as maybe one of the uh, more inexperienced uh, Green Lanterns out of the bunch. And so I think he fits in with my innocent uh, in that sense. And um, I could really see him getting the mentorship um, kind of from um, from John Stewart but also at the same time he does have a comedic side based on the comics that I've read and so there could be a little bit of trouble in there that he gets sucked into I think so um, I'm I'm into that that as my innocent choice that's one of those guys that uh, my reading of the Green Lantern books and stuff he's always been like the purest of them yeah like he's almost a white lantern mm -hmm. in the sense where he almost abhors violence and he's he's this uh this great spirit and so i think that fits the innocence absolutely but he's also from when i remember reading he's one of the most powerful uh he's like one of the best greenland he's like hal jordan without the the arrogance and without the the personality defects he's just a a good person and is yeah also i think i like that powerful as my group right now is filled with a lot of not so great people uh, <laughs> so i need to offset that uh that with and you got two green lanterns well yes but i just mean in and and the and the red lanterns are the antagonist i yeah we I, we definitely got a uh a theme going with Kylie's a lot of team. colors, but, too. But no, but this is neat. Like, you're using Innocent a different way than I was looking at Innocent, right? Like, I was looking at Innocent as kind of vulnerable and inexperienced. You're looking at Innocent as, like, the good guy. Mm -hmm. Like, the pure of heart, like, sword from the stone kind of, like, light side Jedi Yeah, he, like, it didn't, that's, the ring chose him. Like, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and still was like, you know what? The good thing to do would be to take this and go with it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I'm into it. It's my I'm going to launch into a brief uh, a TED talk uh, here. I, I find with Kyle and the the change of him to be this like the best of the Green Lanterns and the the, the all the White Lantern stuff that 
to my mind, came about after they resurrected Hal Jordan. And it's similar to what's happened with Wally West after they resurrected Barry Allen. It's like once the original guys are back, their replacement characters, they have a hard time figuring out what to do with them. And so Wally West is sort of being uh, untethered for a while. And and Kyle Rayner's a bit untethered. And they don't really have consistent stories with them or like know what to do with them. You don't want someone to be Flash 2 or Green Lantern 2. And, and they're not distinct enough like Guy Gardner or Jon Stewart to really stand out on their own. So I, I, I loved Kyle Rayner in the comics when I was a kid. And he had such a cool mask and costume mm-hmm. compared to other uh, Green Lanterns. And since Hal came back, I co- I've kind of lost track of him. Like There's not, not a lot that stands out storytelling-wise about him. Ted Talk over. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Yes, all around. <laughs> Okay, Megan. Well, I think it's getting pretty clear what I'm doing with uh, my team. So keeping with the young skew, I am going to take my hothead, and that will be Red Arrow Roy Harper. Uh, Nice. Now, Uh there are different iterations of him. In some cases, he could probably be the comic relief, but I'm going to go in his more temperamental iteration. now he is Green Arrow's sidekick. He's also sometimes referred to as Speedy. Um, so it takes on the um, persona of Arsenal as well. Um, but Speedy, as a big when fan, he the, when he had the drug problem, mm-hmm. yeah, um, a big fan of uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. And Roy is such a crucial part to that as well. But um, he's definitely a hothead, and I am happy with that choice. <laughs> I like it. Is he going to have the drug problem in this, or is he beyond that? <laughs> um, Recovering. You know what? I'm not sure yet. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, you never really lose the drug problem, right? That's you just have the daily exactly. battle. So uh, exactly. every day, one more day on the keychain. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's see how he does. Be a great tag scene as well to the end of the movie. Him potentially mm. uh, getting back into it for the sequel. Who knows? <laughs> Well, I've got, I mean, I think our our patterns are there, and there were people that I was afraid would get taken earlier than they were, and uh, but I think I'm safe on a couple of guys and gals that I still have to come, so I'm going to be the first one to take a base, <laughs> because <laughs> I have, obviously, a very, I'm not doing stuff here on Earth, obviously. Uh, the team I've built so far is very much going to be dealing with outer space and intergalactic multi-universe and stuff so i'm going to need Mm -hmm. that justice league satellite as my base because from looking it up the thing is it's it's awesome it's basically deep space nine but for the justice (laughs) league it's got i think seven different levels uh they said they've got uh meeting rooms, they've got a pool for Aquaman, an archery range if you need it, think tanks, private chambers, guest rooms, libraries, labs, plus it itself can move. And so that idea of taking the entire Justice League satellite to wherever the battle may be is something that I like having, of having their base mobile and be, be able to go with them and also keep from having a set point for villains to attack. I never, one of the uh, things I would hate about having something like the Hall of Justice is everybody knows where it is and they know (laughs) where to find you or where to attack you or where to attack to get your attention. 
whereas the Justice League satellite can be anywhere and can go where needed. And I think uh, it's it's like I said, I I'm confident I can get the people I want with the rest of my team, but they're going to need a nice base, and this will right. this will do it. Everyone on your team is going to get their own floor. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. They can uh, model it or decorate it however they see fit. Absolutely. <laughs> I think in the the Young Justice cartoon too, they they have the Hall of Justice on Earth, and everyone thinks it's their home base, but they just go in there to teleport up to the satellite, and no one yep. knows about the satellite. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That is uh, that sound. It's one of those that I don't see a lot in comics. It's it's kind of referred to, or or they do a scene within it but they never really show it as an entity. So when I looked it up and I saw this humongous uh, place and I'm like, that's it. That's, I got to get that. So I'm going with it. It may be early to take a base, but I'm taking it. <laughs> it's a good call. Uh, okay. So I am going to go for my elder and I'm going to go with, I think, one of the classic elders in the modern era of DC Comics. I'm going to go with Jay Garrick. Nice. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I have a guy with a Mercury helmet on and wings on the side give, <laughs> telling everyone their old man stories, I mean, on the belt stories. So he's uh, Jay Garrick was the original Flash from the 19, uh, late 30s, early 40s. He has a famous cover where he's running and catching a bullet in front of a, a woman. He, he was uh, on the Flash TV show, although I think they were, originally it was like a fake out and he was really a bad guy. And then they anyway, there's been a lot of stuff with Jay Garrick on the TV show, but he's he's a great elder statesman in the, the comics. He offers advice and mentorship to a lot of the younger Flashes and a lot of younger characters in the DC universe in general. And he he's he's an old guy, maybe has lost a step or two, but he's still out there fighting the good fight and he can never retire. So there we go. There's my elder. And I think for uh, comic relief, I'm also going to go for another classic, the, the original funny superhero. I don't, I don't know how true that actually is, but one of the first for sure, Plastic Man. <laughs> nice. Yes. yes. Okay. So he is, he's the the original stretchy superhero. He was a bad guy, uh, a criminal named Eel O'Brien, which is a fantastic name. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he got stretchy powers and, and he can turn into any shape, basically. He's got these weird black sunglasses style goggles. He's got a weird red jumpsuit that he wears. It uh, doesn't leave a lot to the imagination, but he's he's always very funny and very silly. He's also maybe completely indestructible because of his powers. But uh, he's going to be a, a, a good person to bring the funny on the team. I don't know if any of you remember that cartoon that they did of Plastic Man in the 80s, but I loved that because it was so silly and it just tested the boundaries of what was possible with somebody that could conform themselves into into any shape. And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. So that would be – I don't know where he fits in your story, but definitely the comic relief when he's there. <laughs> It'll well, definitely he can bring fit it'll wherever he wants. That's the whole that point. Is, that is for sure. He's going to be like the uh, the Starbucks cup in Fight Club. He will actually be in every single scene. He's going to be your ambush him. bug. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Isn't there? A, I think there's a famous storyline where Big Barda wears him as a dress oh, into an event God. and like, sneak him in. <laughs> That's incredible. But yeah. That, I think that TV show, it's sort of been, it's one of these those classic DC cartoons that's 
sort of been lost to time, and I, I haven't really. I always forget that it exists, and I don't think I've ever seen an episode. I gotta, I gotta track that down. I, I think we're back to Doug now. Oh well, then uh, I hate to go with the recency bias, but uh, you just you just mentioned a pick that I've had in mind this whole time. So I'm gonna go as my elder, Big Barda. Uh, she's a new god. She's immortal, superhuman mental and physical attributes, uh, extremely strong and tough. Uh, she's got the armor. She's got the apocalyptic rod that fires energy blast. Uh, she fits in well with Darkseid, has a history with him. So uh, for my elder, it'll be Big Barda going in as the... Uh, and somebody that can just be on screen a lot of fun to see uh in battle and in different scenes with her uh with her size her presence and her abilities i like that new god i like that immortal aspect to it and uh yeah that was one that i've had my eye on and i i was i was thinking oh i'm safe i, I can get big barda no problem then you bring her up and i'm like i better get her right now <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely had her in in some of my uh, my picks there as a, a potential option, so I, I'm happy to see that she'll make it to the big screen finally. Yes. <laughs> there was a New Gods project of something, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, I think uh, Ava DuVarnay is working on it with Tom King, who is a comic book writer who did a long Batman run and, and a critically acclaimed Mr. Miracle comic, so he's got a lot of New Gods experience. Hmm. I, just, I feel like there was an episode of the podcast a couple years ago where I asked you what the hell were the new gods. It came up for some reason. I hope I gave a good answer, because I, I don't know that I could give a good one right now. Yeah. Neither here nor there. But hey, Geek Top 5 fans, check out our back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, back to Megan. Well, keeping with my sidekick theme, uh, I am going to pick my brain, and I'm going to go with Wonder Girl, Donna Troy. Um, I have loved what they've done with her on Titans, the show. Uh, Connor Leslie has been a great portrayer of her, and I love the dynamic uh, on that show in particular that they have, that she has with Dick Grayson, and um having similar leadership roles and level-headedness as uh, Wonder Woman herself, I think uh, Donna fills the brain role for me quite well. Yeah, cool. when, you took, when you took Nightwing earlier, I immediately thought you were going to take Wonder Girl. I was hoping nobody swiped her from you beforehand because that is a <laughs> that pairing on Titans has been excellent <laughs> and one of the best combinations. And uh, that'll be a good yin to his yang in every as kind of the balance and also his equal or not if not superior i think in a lot of respects certainly in fighting she's better than him uh because she has powers and he is just a skilled fighter but that's a great <laughs> exactly. combination for this this group that you've built so far that i think again you need no trailer you just need a poster <laughs> familiar with all of these people so far and it sells itself Okay, Kylie, you are up. All right. Um, so again, deviating from my original plan, my <laughs> elder is uh, no longer Martian Manhunter. Uh, no, it will be because uh, I can't believe she's still available. Wonder Woman, and I'm going with that choice. Somebody had to grab. I'm going with that choice because I've got a very male centric uh, group here, and they're gonna need 
with a lot of tos- testosterone, and I think they're going to need <laughs> someone who can handle that. And who better than Wonder Woman? Um, she can uh, perhaps lasso them. And all well, yeah. And all I want is a scene of her and Lobo. So. Um, cause you just know she's not going to put up with that shit. <laughs> so I am very excited to add her to my group. Um, I think she as an, in an elder role makes sense. Um, I think she, her and John Stewart would be paired fairly well together. I think that she is definitely an elder in terms of age. Uh, <laughs> um, no. but, um, maybe not looks but an age for sure um and so i just think that her wisdom and um get it done attitude will be will come in help come in helpful and very much in helpful um when it comes to rage and dealing with red lanterns uh especially as i think that her it would be interesting to also see her kind of feel rage a little bit i know um in the first movie you kind of see her at the end um go a little uh, intense, but um, I don't know. I think there's a lot to play around with her as a character. You're, we're talking Diana Prince, right? Yes. Not sorry. Yes. Lighter. Okay. Yes. yes. And not the version uh, where she is like a special agent and. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, no, no. I'm, I'm talking like, like old school um, Wonder Woman. So we'll see where I am. I, I had. Strongly considered having uh, Hippolyta as my elder. Ooh, I know Ooh. that's a good one. But if anything, I'm I'm leaning. Uh, I got a lot of women in play right now, so you know, having an old man on there, I think is, is a safe <laughs> <pick too. laughs> not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. <laughs> Time for Jesse. Yeah, it is okay. Um. Well, okay, get an easy one out of the way. I'm going to do my comic relief and like doubling as my deuteragonist. I'm going to take Zatanna. Yep. Um, yep. Like, Zatanna and Constantine are already a thing. There's no reason not to bring yep. that up onto the screen. And just the the contrast like with Constantine taking all this magic stuff so seriously and with her being you know, a magician. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I, I will admit this. I, it took me a while... I got the point and I said, wait, who's Zatanna? Graham, who's this Zatanna person? He said, well, she's a magician, but also she's magic. And I said, excuse me? Fuck off. That's not a character. <laughs> that's, like that, that's the laziest thing I've ever... Like, it took me a while to buy into it. Um, but I think that really suits here. I mean, she is genuinely magic also, but the way everything about it is so lighthearted to her... Uh, is going to contrast well with Constantine, and that's going to be where the gags are, right? It's going to be him being taking it super serious and her not taking it seriously at all. And the fact that her magic spells are saying stuff backwards, I'm sure he'll love that. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. You know, everything about her is going to set his teeth on edge, uh, which, I mean, it's not an idea original to me. Like, they've they've played with this before. Like, they like the opposites attract kind of romance works really well, and that's going to be in here. I I am a little, I am, I, I, I am a little hesitant to cast her in the role of a romantic interest, just because that character does tend to get oversexualized a little, um, which is tiring. Um, I'm hoping it, it could be handled in a more mature way. I like, I think the fishnets are an iconic part of her costume, but I'd like to find some way to maybe clothe her a little more. Um, maybe, just, maybe just have someone like Rebel Wilson play the part and uh that should take care of it pretty quickly but 
I was thinking yeah. I was thinking her more as the innocent, so comic relief angle didn't really strike me with her, but I see what you're doing with Constantine as far as yeah. the give and take. Yeah, it's going to be two very different sides of magic, um, which I think you might be able to see sort of where I'm going with some of this. Like, that's going to be a bigger part of what I'm doing in this movie, and I'll talk about it more later. Um, once that's there, I'm going to go the opposite route with my brain. I'm going to take steel oh. for my brain, mm. but I but I'm I don't think I'm gonna do John Henry Irons. I think I'm gonna do Natasha Irons instead. And that one it can be a little tricky because I don't think she actually is Steel for very long. She becomes like she takes her own superhero names, right? She's she's someone else and then she's Vaporlock after that, or the other way around. Vaporlock but... is a terrible name for a superhero. <laughs> isn't that, yeah. Isn't that what what uh, the only thing Bart can remember Joe Montana giving Joe Namath. Joe, Joe Namath, Namath right? yes. Yeah. That's why his car broke down. It was vapor lock. Vapor lock. Remember what I said. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's. I like John Henry Irons a lot, but I think that's a Superman era character, and we're sort of moving on. I'm not going as heavy as Megan is, but I am definitely going for sort of you know, different characters here. So I think having the the niece as I mean, I don't want to put it this way because it's pejorative, but having girl steal. I think it's going to make for a, a more interesting character opportunities here. Um, she's still a genius, right? She's still brilliant. She's still an engineer. She knows how to build stuff. And she's a cool superhero. But I like that as the brain, she's going to be so predisposed against magic. Like, you know, like science and technology versus magic. Like, those are always played as, as that they're so far apart. Um, and then having her there is like she's kind of going to be kind of be the Scully to Constantine's mother. <laughs> wow, it's so much uh, Superman presence on your team. I, I like Superman a lot, and <laughs> and I feel the urge to undo some of the things that have been done to Superman on the screen in recent years, uh, and this is going to help with that. <laughs> but more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Kylie, we're we're getting down to the wire here. All right, so I'm going to do my henchmen. Now I'm going to go with the Manhunters. And the reason oh. I'm choosing this is because my villain has a past with them. And I love the idea of um, him running the Manhunters who essentially, on a malfunction, killed his family... Um, but what he's really doing is using them to go back against the Green Lanterns. Anyways, long story short, big fan, into it, going with Manhunters. I just realized I was giving away my storyline, and I was like, stop. <laughs> stop what you're doing. Um, but anyways, yes, they are evil androids um, that battle with the Green Lantern corpse, and so I think that they fit great into my storyline. That is a... I'd like to talk trade with you, Kylie, if you're all interested. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I'm really my regretting bad. my base pick. <laughs> really? Bad. Yeah. Well, no, look, that's I'm good on you. That, that's a great villain. That's a great henchman. And once we do get to the bases, the satellite was going to be a high pick, I think. So, so I, I look, ultimately... you, talk, you talk to Jesse, then then you call me back. <laughs> yeah, we need we need to really work out a multi-person trade here, uh, yeah. swapping because there's gonna there's a lot of pieces. But yeah. that 
they're such a great henchman yeah. because they are incredibly dangerous on their own but at the at, at the guidance basically being the uh the pinocchio to somebody's geppetto is fantastic because atrocitus taking over the manhunters is extremely formidable and uh yeah that it's the pawns to his I grand think, plan is fantastic yeah well and i think that like villains have to have um something extra like they just can't be like raw i want to kill everybody i think there has to be a sort of um humanizing element to it even though they're not humans but i like the idea of like <laughs> this um this dark past of of his and having become you know almost having the revenge of like now i control them kind of thing um anyways that right. was where i was going with that so we shall see how it ends up when i try to write it out <laughs> <laughs> megan you are up you're on the clock i that now this may be a bit of a stretch but i'm gonna pick my wallet card and the wild card aspect of that of this is gonna be that i'm taking shazam and my league is not gonna know that Shazam is actually young Billy Batson. And that's oh, the wildcard aspect of it. Uh, so Shazam, the young Billy Batson, getting the powers of Shazam from the great wizard um, and being very similar in terms of strength to uh, Superman. Uh, he's, he's gonna fill my wildcard uh, spot well i think with all my youngins on the team <laughs> can i say that i could not believe we got this far and graham, and graham had i know i know <laughs> i've never i thought for never sure <laughs> yeah uh, he just doesn't fit with uh, with my plan, as you'll you'll see when we get to my story. But I I do love Captain Marvel, and I do love that version of him from uh, the the Wahaha era of the Justice League, <laughs> where he very much was a, an innocent kid who who didn't get any of the jokes, but no one knew he was a little kid. And the, they played into it a bit, I think, in the Young Justice TV series, where. The mm -hmm. Justice League needed them to have a mentor, like a, a parental figure to be around while they fought villains. And they had Captain Marvel do it. And again, that like dichotomy that he's actually as young as the rest of the team, if not younger, but he's serving as their like their adult in the room. Such a great bit of writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that aspect of it on the show. So that's where that uh, inspo came from. <laughs> I think uh, didn't Rob Lowe do his voice in that? Yes, yes, I believe he did. So good. The budget for this movie is astronomical. <laughs> go big or go home, right? That's right. I'm saving it all for special effects. That's for sure. I am going with a very cheap cast. But, uh, yeah, this is a big – again, it fits so on brand with what you've done. Known commodities that are, are bringing an audience with them from their other projects and – I love Shazam as a character in Captain Marvel. That's that's fantastic. Well, Doug, you're you're up. Let's see. It what is, you yeah. Uh, well, we've got a lot of pairings. John Constantine Zantana. You've got uh, obviously Nightwing and Wonder Girl, etc., etc. And uh, let me add to that with Big Barda's husband, Mister Miracle. Nice. Oh, the call. other new god. The other new god, and I'm going to drop him in as the brain. Uh, this is, and again, the connection to Darkseid 
is again we're getting close enough now that it's not tipping too much to say if there's a connection here that'll apply he was basically the adopted son of dark side who proved to have an unbreakable will would not uh become a dark side follower he escapes apocalypse took his future bride big barda with him uh they've got the godlike powers of immortality a long history of fighting against dark side and that entire aspect of the universe and having them as a couple and there's a history between them where big barda actually betrayed mr miracle and left him for dead at one point only to reveal haha she was they were in on it all together uh that i think would be some good tension that ambush bug could mine with his microphone when he pops up at inopportune times but these these new gods uh i'm definitely going for that kind of a vibe and that's why i'm going to need the 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 multiple years on hbo max to set up each character and explain to them explain to people who they are because it's going to take a while for people to get familiar but mr miracle he's visually a great looking his suit with the the gold kind of body the red the green cape it'll fit well with martian manhunter and everything that i got going on but him and big barda i was they are a pair i had to get them together so i'm happy to get them very nice i like that pick a lot yeah there's, there's not much more to say about that that's that fits in <laughs> that's lots in perfectly Okay, so as much as I am uh, known for being a big Shazam and Captain Marvel fan, I, I think almost to a, a similar extent, I'm also known as being a super intelligent ape fan. <laughs> and so for the henchman, I'm going with the ultra humanite. Yeah. Who, oh, he's actually one of uh, Superman's oldest villains. I, I think he was the original bald super genius who fought Superman in, in one of his first appearances. I think he was the first super villain that he fought. And then over the years, uh, I guess because Lex Luthor really took on that role to a huge extent, they decided to differentiate him by having his brain be put into this white gorilla body. And that's how he's being. He's the ultra humanite, except he's in a giant ape body. And uh, I just love, I love super intelligent apes and, and the crazier and more evil, the better. So when you started down that path, I thought you were taking Detective Chimp as your wild card, and I thought, "Wow, that's a uh, interesting." But uh, I like I, this. Look, in the I, I still got I still got a wild card spot available. Uh, that's I, you know, true. Uh, and there are other monkeys on the board. There are a lot of monkeys <laughs> on the board. That was. I, I'll get into it more later, but at one point, I was my plan involved a lot of super intelligent apes. But <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that was an epic. <laughs> people looking at their ticket in the middle of the movie. Is this Justice League or the latest Planet of the Apes? What movie are we here for? Well, they, even then, there's a there's a storyline in the comics called uh, JL Ape where oh my God. all the Justice oh, League became apes. That's amazing. <laughs> I done that. Uh, and then for my other one, I'm going to do go with the, uh, with the base and I'm taking the Justice League Bunker, also known as the Justice League Detroit. Oh, uh, come on. Base. Really? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I cannot believe anyone else wanted that. It, it just suits where I'm going with my team so well. I wanted to make sure I had it, but uh, yeah, so it was just it's it's a kind of a maligned era of the Justice League where you know I, I, sarcastically, you know, the Justice League is in a rough spot when Aquaman is their leader. But uh, the the storyline was like he got fed up with the Justice League being everyone's 
second job. And so he made it that anyone who was on the team, that was their number one priority. And it became a book all about characters who weren't appearing in other stuff. So there was no Batman, no Wonder Woman, no Green Lantern. It was all just the these these sort of second run characters. And uh, for better or worse, they ended up in Detroit, which I guess I don't want to offend anyone, but it's kind of like. You know, it's not New York. It's not Los Angeles. It's it's kind of further down the rung as far as uh, big cities in the states go. So that's where that's where they ended up. Um, for reference, I did not think Bunker would go second. For reference, uh, <laughs> John Stewart is from Detroit. Oh, I, that sorry. is why I thought of taking it. Oh, <laughs> that is why I thought of taking it. But no, continue, continue. I that that's all. That's uh, that's my. Those are my picks. Uh, next up is uh, Detective Chimp uh, for my wild card, but uh, we'll save that for the end of the, the, <laughs> the board. Uh, and no, I, I guess for a second there, it sounded like I was calling Doug Detective Chimp because he is next yeah. up. Yeah, I was wondering. My goodness. <laughs> I've been what? called worse, believe me. All right, enough monkey business, people. Oh, oh boy. boy. <laughs> well, let me get this back on track with my wild card pick. And it's, uh, I've got a little bit of problem between Big Barda and Mr. Miracle due to uh, them being, them having a history of kind of selling each other out in past. And that's certainly the problem between Darkseid, Mr. Miracle, and Big Barda. So let me add to that with Phantom Stranger as my wild card, who is literally Judas, the original betrayal. He is another immortal. I'm going with that as well. And the thing I love about Phantom Stranger in this role as a wild card and in any movie or show is that he is doomed because of his curse as Judas. For all of eternity, he is doomed to betray anyone he tries to help. So he's going to, if, if you go into this knowing anything about the Phantom Stranger, you know he's going to betray the team at some point. It's just a matter of when, and of course it's going to be the worst possible moment. But can he then reverse that and uh, come in to help at some point? We shall find out. But he's another, he's a magician, a uh, Stagild magic user that has flight, teleportation, invisibility, and the thing that I love the most about his powers, he has the ability to stop time. This is a guy that can literally stop the battle in progress and change something that makes something makes some alteration to affect change. Now, whether that's betrayal or whether that's to help his team, we shall see. But uh, I love the idea of having Phantom Stranger literally as a wild card that could throw a wrench into the plans at any given time. I really didn't I, think Phantom Stranger would be picked. <laughs> I guess that's interesting. I mean, don't give it away yet. We'll hear your pitch. But I mean, like the characters must know. So it's like it's, having someone throw a wrench into your plans is kind of different than when you know the wrench is coming. But like, why would you let them in anyway? Like, why? How many people know he's Judas? I didn't know he was Judas until I started researching for this. And I was like, I can't believe they did that. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Is it going to be but with so ambush many gonna, like figure it out? Like through his yeah. sources? <laughs> <laughs> So I was reading the Bible the other day, and uh, yeah. damned if you didn't come up. What you got to say? By the way, I got an autographed copy from you. No, this is this is. I mean, I got so many immortal characters like Big Barda, Mister Miracle, Dark Side, and now 
uh, Phantom Stranger that I think they're obviously aware of each other. And the one poor Blue Beetle is just thrown into this. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? You know, he's going to definitely have an arcade or something to, to remind him of being a kid and a human being on his level of the satellite because there is some crazy soap opera drama going on with this group for sure but you know we all have that friend that you know you can't trust if you called him at two in the morning to get you a ride home you know he wouldn't show up we all still have that friend that's phantom stranger this thing you know you can't trust him but he's still in your world somehow yeah, he wouldn't give you a ride to the airport he killed jesus <laughs> <laughs> That's two strikes right there. <laughs> I'm not sure which one I'm more upset about. I missed that flight. That was not refundable ticket. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, all right, before we get the Catholic League on our case, Megan, who who do you have? So I've got my henchmen left and, and my base, but I'm going to go with my henchmen. And it's going to be a bit of a stretch. But I think looking at my team, one might ask, where are the um, main heroes to the sidekicks on my team? And so in order to get rid of them, I'm going to need a little help from the fifth dimension. And I'm going to have Mr. Myth. I'm not going to be. I could never defeat him because I can't say his name properly. <laughs> Mr. Mitzvah Um And... For those who uh, haven't seen, he has a great adaption on screen in an episode of uh, Supergirl in season two, but he's the trickster. And if anyone can say it, learn how to say his name uh, backwards and get help from him, it'll be Lex Luthor. So he's my henchman. Well, that's clever. I get that. So, so he's a character in the comics who comes from the fifth dimension. He can basically do anything, but he's essentially just like a just a prankster and and uh yeah he's he's a great pick he's got a, a jaunty little bowler cap too that i think will be wonderful on the big screen <laughs> exactly <laughs> i think i think he was even played by howie mandel in uh, the adventures of lois and clark oh my god that's amazing that is correct oh. that is correct he's also wow. available <laughs> <laughs> he, he comes cheap <laughs> That Bobby's World merch never quite made it out the door for him. Oh, there, see, that's a that's a great dated reference. No, that that's the first. Uh, that's the first. If you had Howie Mandel, and depending on your Lex Luthor casting, that could be the first strike against you for me. I'm not. Uh, I don't know that I've ever watched something with Howie Mandel and said, oh, "I'm glad I watched that." <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, all right. <laughs> Before we get the uh, Mandel League on, on our case, uh, <laughs> Kylie, what, uh, what do you have next? I'm on the struggle bus right now. I am not quite sure where to go with my wild card. Um, my original plans have changed, so I'm kind of trying to figure out, do I want to take another lantern, or do I want to go with a completely different choice, like a Doctor, F or, uh, yeah, Doctor Fate? So I'm kind of in the middle, and I'm trying to work it through as we talk about it. But you could always take your base now and and go for your wild card. Uh, yeah, in a turn, uh, or go for one of the many apes on the list. Still on there? Can we tempt you with an ape? Um, <laughs> you can get two characters in one with the Wonder Twins. I'm just saying. I know. I thought about it. I actually <laughs> did think about it. Um, I'll probably go with the UN embassies then as my base for now. Um, 
Well, I mean, from what I know, um, and I could be wrong, but I believe Wonder Woman has... Um, does she not have a lot to do with the the UN embassy? And, like, that's uh, in her story. Depends lines? on the era. Yeah. Yeah, she's an ambassador I mean. a lot, So I feel right? like as my, yeah. as my elder... Um, that might be where some of the Green Lanterns go to sort of uh, meet up with her. Um, and so I feel like that would be my base choice. I'm getting to the... I didn't really think about I my like base. It. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think about the base. <laughs> Outside yeah. of Detroit, I didn't think of the base. <laughs> okay, I guess we are on to Jesse, who's going to be the first one to finish his team. Yeah. So I've been, I have several contestants for Hothead, and I'm not terribly thrilled with any of them. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Etrigan. I'm going to take Jason yes. Blood. I was going to say, how many magicians are left? And then we get, we get the, the demon coming in. Yeah, well, Constantine's magic, it is often tied into some heaven and hell stuff. Yep. Um, the thing with Etrigan is that his backstory, especially nowadays, it's all tied to Camelot. Like, it's all Merlin and Arthur and Morgan Le Fay. And I, I don't know if I like that, but I think for my movie adaptation, like I don't think there are enough hardcore Etrigan fans who are going to be really irritated if I maybe just slide that off. Just, you, you know, that, that, that the tip of the carrot that you just cut off and <laughs> take it was and get to the rest of the good stuff. Um, but yeah, Jason Blood, who's another immortal guy, but forever cursed with have the demon Etrigan in him, who's one of those, you see this a lot, like he's a bad guy, but just because of circumstances, he keeps ending up helping the good guys. Uh, but he's still a demon. Like, he's still a, <laughs> you know, the traditional definition of bad guy. Um, so in terms of hothead, like that is going to put him at odds with everybody else on the team. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna drive Natasha crazy because she's not even sure she believes in demons, and it's gonna drive Constantine crazy because he's gonna feel like he's supposed to be killing this guy, not working with him. Will he so be? Will he be doing rhymes that always end with his name? As we've seen, no, he's doing. I, I, I like that. Was it? Th I think it's New Fifty Two. Like in one of the newer versions of it, they have him deliberately not do that as like a form of rebellion. Like it's it's like he he says like like Lucifer doesn't do that. The people who serve him do. So I'm not going to do it because I don't serve Lucifer. Uh, and just I, yeah, I don't. I, I like yeah. The rhymes could be funny, but I don't think it's gonna. Like, that, I, I don't think I could keep it up. Well, I mean, isn't that how he's isn't that how he's summoned? Is through the rhyme? concealed within the form of man release the demon well, like, Etrigan yeah but then like at one point the character like everything he said was a rhyme like that's how they identified demons yeah. in yeah. that era yeah I mean the Green Lanterns have to do a little poem too like that's just normal in this world <laughs> and just uh, backing up one step it, are you telling me the rest of the carrot is the good stuff what, uh, <laughs> what diet are you on yeah, like I like I said, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent thrilled with it. I don't think that will be the most developed character, <laughs> at least not in the first movie. I, but my options weren't that great either. Um, I wasn't really happy with any of them. But at least Etrigan, I, I I have built in antagonism between him and some other characters. So, and you know when he's also when he's Jason Blood, like in his human form, like he'll be a real jackass to Constantine too. So it was <laughs> fun to have there. 
Uh, so that uh, that does it for my characters. All that's left is the base. Um, for the base, I think I'm going to take the Hall of Justice. Um, I think it's going to be the traditional, like, just like, here are the headquarters of the Justice League. And Superman is going to be there specifically because Constantine would hate it. <laughs> He would hate it. He would he would walk up to it like he would walk up to it the same way I walk up to work back when we used to go out of our homes to go to work. You'd you'd stop and look up at the building and go and then trudge in through the front door. I got a feeling John Constantine would have a magic portal that would take him into that. Right? He wouldn't actually have to go in the front door. He'd go down to Uh, the. it, it, I think he would try, but DC, it's always got like, oh, no, we've proved this against magic and also cosmic rays and, and also the walls are lined with lead. And yes, they always the, have an answer. The for everything. leader of the Justice League in your world is John Constantine. Certainly he could change that around. Well, he has to walk in once at least before he can <laughs> make the portal. True. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll go into it more when I start talking about the thing. But yeah, I think I mean Superman. I think is still the leader of the organization. I think Constantine is the leader of this team that's coming up. Um, and again, reluctantly, and a big part of that reluctance, like a, a fun, easy way to show it, is to have this big, stupid, happy heroes building, <laughs> and to have hungover, smoking, frustrated, exhausted Constantine. You know, trudging through the the gloriously polished main hall of it. You know, his boots are leaving mud everywhere. Just, I can see that working out. That, that tells the audience a lot in a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that fills out my roster. So, Kylie, we are down to your wild card. Uh, I'm going to go Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. And the reason... Wow. The reason is because I will make him a cameo in which Ryan Reynolds has to play him. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I just think, obviously, with my storyline, he fits in the best. Um, much as I love Dr. Fate and would love to do that part of it, I just don't see him necessarily fitting in with my storyline as uh, as easily as a Hal Jordan. It's cool. And, you know, he does have a history of becoming like evil old Hal Jordan no, <laughs> yeah no I do think I yeah I want to bring him into it so originally I was going to do um Simon the Green Lantern when I had Jessica because they are partners but um I flipped that and now it's you know my last pick is Hal Jordan who would have thought three <laughs> Green Lanterns on one team going up against Atrocitus and the Manhunters fantastic I mean, you got, you got, but let's yeah, not forget yeah. the skill that is Booster Gold. Like, <laughs> he's really oh, going to bring it around. At the end of the day, he will absolutely be the front and center. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Megan, what is your base? Now, purely out of limited options here, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Secret Sanctuary. Uh, I think a mountain base in Rhode Island sounds good for this team. As a fan of Stargate, I'm uh, all for a mountain base of operations, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that, that, that's where we're going we're gonna, to uh, keep our base. <laughs> I like it. That's the original uh, headquarters. Nice. Uh, okay. Sorry, uh, <laughs> right. I thought there'd be a cool, cool story. I was expecting more. Yeah. <laughs> Happy hardware. <laughs> uh, okay, Doug, what is your henchman? Well, this is. I'm thrilled to get these guys with the last pick because this is. If, if you look at my team and you say, 
nobody's going to go see this. Nobody's even going to watch this. We <laughs> at Doom Patrol. Who in the hell? Justice League. I don't recognize any of these people. Except the Black Lantern Corps are going to be my henchmen, and they Ooh. will be the reanimated mm. corpses of our favorite oh. superhero. Uh, so oh, you will you. get all of your favorites. You will get your Batman, your Flash. I will get my Hawkman. Uh, all these different characters will <laughs> oh be there, God. but they will be evil, and they will be going up against this new team of heroes that you are introduced to, and uh, and each because I really do have this envisioned as like a multi-episode series on a streaming platform. I think you just reveal a Black Lantern like once per episode, maybe at the as a tag at the end of the episode somebody coming back from the dead you just get a glimpse of them and then at the end of a season or as a big battle that's when they all really come together as this formidable force but uh yeah it's a backdoor to getting these superstars in there can you choose your iteration like does it have to be like a ben like can you does it have to be the the wonder woman that we know now or like the flash that we know now or can you choose and pick who you cast as those I think you can choose anybody who's dead, right? Yeah, like exactly. The rings just burrow into the ground, and yeah, so this just is gonna be uh, Adam people. West. Correct. It could be. It could be Zombie Adam West. It could That's be Val thinking. Kilmer. I'm thinking. Uh, and again, oh, Val Kilmer's Kilmer is dead. Val Kilmer. His career is, and he would take <laughs> that call. So uh, <laughs> I got. Wow. I can't afford. So I can't good. afford Michael. Like a man while he's down. Or, yeah, I can't afford George Clooney or Ben Affleck. I can afford Val Kilmer on this budget. In fact, I think I could probably get him on Cameo right now to come and sit and be a part of it. But, uh, no, but it would be any iteration that, and it would be cross pollination. There would be gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's what uh, I was thinking. The cross different different eras of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't all be in one this one DC universe. It could be the. 70s era wonder woman it could be the 80s era aquaman the kind of the goofier one and it could be the modern day well then i'm not Superman. coming it has to be uh, jason momoa <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's for sure Believe me, that, that was the best version i mean aquaman was a joke for so long and then when it came out it's like how did we not think of this ahead of time this guy is incredible for it. So, uh, yeah, just, just get someone who looks exactly like the Submariner and have them play Aquaman. <laughs> at all. Yeah, it was uh, no, it's that. Like I said, I getting them with my last pick. It kind of felt like a uh, a dirty trick to get all my superstars in there that I got my sub characters. But I think it would work with the storyline of being a formidable force, and and it would really drive home the the Black Lanterns are death you know they are they go to the dead they reanimate the death so they're zombies again more immortals how do you kill somebody that's already dead it's the whole storyline going on with my with my series i have to say listening to the puck podcast for as long as i have and especially in recent years you the, the main superhero you talk about and you talk about how you watched the the what was the dc dc fandom the fandom you you were talking about how you like uh, like destroyed your ceiling jumping out of your chair and, and <laughs> the light when Hawkman Hawk was announced to be in the, the Black Adam movie I cannot believe you didn't pick him because as I first of all I love Hawkman on his own I don't think Hawkman works well as a team guy he is a uh, an archaeologist kind of, I always look at him as kind of like this 
this Indiana Jones mm-hmm. superhero. He's out solving historical uh, mysteries and and the, the the secrets of the ancient civilizations. And that's a that's a single thing. You don't need a team for that. You know, you you just go, you do it, and you you fight on your own. And Hawkman doesn't. It just doesn't fit with that story. And as I started putting this together, I wanted something that was larger than life in a complete a complete fantasy world of another galaxy another dimension it can be any world it's like star trek again i've got deep space nine as my base i'm going (laughs) anywhere in the galaxy i want to fight dark side and the black lanterns i've got people from all over the place that are immortals this is i can tell any story i want and that's why I like it is because I can kind of pick and choose what genre I want to tell in any one episode. And well, I, th- I think we're tripping over our next segment a bit here. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's just, it, but no, like, Hawkman didn't fit. And Hawk Girl right. was the only one that fit. And she was going to be the leader if I lost Martian Manhunter because she was his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would have been, that would have been my leader had I lost him. But I took him early. Well, you made it so. Yep. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the last pick of this draft. It is going no to be pressure, my... but I, I do want you to take Hawkman so he's represented. But that's <laughs> a long time. I'm just saying, I would like to see him in something. So, but yeah. look at all the talking apes you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am uh, not going to do either one of those things. I am going to go with uh, with Vixen as my Ooh. wild. Going to go very <laughs> wild with my wild card. Because of her business management? <laughs> <laughs> hey, these people need financing somehow. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Don't let me don't let me, please continue. For Jesse's uh shocked announcement, yeah, she she's got a lot of business skills in the, the most freak or most modern version of the character. But the when you get right down to it, her core is that she has this special totem that allows her to access the abilities of any animal on Earth and, and you can do a lot of fun stuff with that. Uh, she's she's the wild of the wild card here, and uh, I don't know what else to say. She's she's just she's going to be uh, and add an interesting dynamic to the team, and um, yeah, and, and I'll leave it at that. So, so I think we're done. Uh, now we're going to take a few minutes and figure out what our project is going to be or movie or tv show or what have you if you can come up with a name that would be great it, it could be as simple as as justice league of america or, or whatever but you know we'll get bonus points if it's a if it's a cooler name and <laughs> oh, uh, so let's dress <laughs> let's take uh, come on kylie yours is easy as like justice league emerald or something <laughs> um, ah. can i steal that is that trademark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a fair game, fair game. Uh, so yeah, let's take a 10 minute break and, and uh, when you're ready, just chime back in. All right, we're back and it is story time. Uh, so we've uh, we've done all our picks. Everyone has what they have, what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go through in the drafting order. Uh, when it gets to you, please just quickly review your picks for the audience who don't have the, uh, the Excel sheet right in front of them. And then tell us how you think this is going to work. How are you going to make a, you know, how are you going to take all these ingredients and make a delicious DC cake out of it? And since we're going in drafting order, that means we're starting with you, Graham. 
Okay, so my team is as followed. Led by the Dinalance Black Canary, the Comic Relief Plastic Man, the Elder is the Jay Garrick Flash, the Hothead is Azrael, the Brain is the Barbara Gordon Oracle, the Innocent is the Ray, our wild card is Vixen, the bad guys are the Crime Syndicate of America and the Ultra Humanite, and they are all based in the Justice League bunker, the Justice League of Detroit. Uh, the name of my movie is going to be the Justice League Reserves because this is clearly the uh, like a backup group for the Justice League. <laughs> I got none of the heavy hitters available. So at the start of the movie, something terrible has happened to our main Justice League team. Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, everyone is off the board and it's we're not clear on exactly what happened, but they are gone and they're as far as everyone is is concerned, they are not coming back. Black Canary is left. She she was on the team, didn't really have any powers, and I guess wasn't seen as much of a threat and was left behind. And she has some like experimental surgery done at the beginning of the movie to, to give her, her uh, Canary Cry powers. She and uh, Oracle are old friends, and they realize that the, the world needs a Justice League. So they go around and recruit everyone else. So they get uh, Jay Garrick Flash. They bring him out of retirement because they knew he would be on board. Then they go find everyone else, Plastic Man, Azrael, uh, the Ray, and Vixen. They're all a lot of conflicting personalities. None of them have really been on a team before, and Black Canary isn't used to being the leader, so she's struggling with that. Ultra Humanite appears. This horrible, super intelligent gorilla is, is wreaking havoc in the world, and they are having a hard time beating him. And at the end of Act 1, just as all hope seems lost, the Crime Syndicate of America appears and really really takes all hope away. He, they kill the ultra-humanite, and the Justice League is left scrambling, trying to figure out what's going on. The crime syndicate takes over the world, and they're using their horrible Justice League-esque powers. These are these are analogs. They look just like the heroes that Black Canary worked with, the heroes that kept the world safe for so long, except they're doing horrible, horrible things. And the team has to come together and figure out a way to stop these alien invaders, these, alien, these invaders from another planet, and, and get back control of the Earth. And that's how uh, Justice League Substitutes is going to go. <laughs> I, I don't know how it's going to end, but uh, I've, I, I want to leave the door open for maybe in future installments the original Justice League coming back in some form or another. But I like the idea of this team having to face up to versions of their own heroes, the, the, the people whose shadow that they're in, and they have to find a way to beat them. Did you say Justice League substitutes? <laughs> yeah. I All right. I, All I right. was struggling with the name. I started off with Justice League the Next Generation, then I was like, no, that's that me team for sure. <laughs> yes, somebody's already you used that. Stole it out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going with like B Squad and uh, Reserve. I was going to say this this sounds like the AHL Justice League. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the minor Justice leagues. League ROTC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think justice and then in parentheses minor league. You know, it'd be like the uh... justice league minor. It sounds like the Muppet Babies. <laughs> Back to boot camp or something like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost a it's a police academy take on it. <laughs> All right, so I may not win as far as best title, but I think I got a cool sounding movie anyway. Yeah, yeah, I can sure. see it. 
Okay, Doug, what's, uh, you, you were really working hard through that uh, intermission. What have you got for us? Well, because yeah, give us your list and your and your master plan. Because I didn't I didn't come up with anything ahead of time as far as a plot or anything because I didn't know what team I was going to end up with, and so I didn't want to get too tied to this is how this goes. But I pretty much ended up with the team I wanted, except for Manhunters. Thank you very much, Kylie. Uh, You're but welcome. That's, yeah. Uh, so I'm going with the one that I kind of had in my mind, and uh, I'll give you the title at the end. So I'll just give you the overgo. Here's my team. Once again, I got to give you the recap. My leader is Martian Manhunter. My comic relief is Ambush Bug. The elder is Big Barda. The hothead is Green Lantern Guy Gardner. The brain of the operations is Mr. Miracle. The innocent Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes. Wildcard Phantom Stranger. And your villains here, Darkseid, Necron, and the Black Lanterns. And it's all taking place around the Justice League satellite, Deep Space Nine. So, uh, the year is 2025, not too distant in the future, and the heroes you know have and love have been killed by Darkseid, who continues his quest to control every being in the universe. For centuries, he has traveled from planet to planet, subjugating the residents, and thanks to his recent alliance with Necron, he not only takes control of subjects, he also now turns their best against them, thanks to the Black Lantern Corps. They appear unstoppable. Martian Manhunter has sensed universes crying out in horror as they are overtaken, and he, and he knows firsthand what it's like to have a species completely wiped out. He reaches out telepathically to call any superheroes who are willing to join him in the fight to join him in the Justice League satellite, which, by the way, has avoided Darkseid's wrath because it is mobile and not a set planet. Two names from Darkseid's past are the first to join, as Mr. Miracle, his former adopted son, and Mr. Miracle's wife, Big Barda, know how dangerous Darkseid is. Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes, who is not perceived as a threat by Darkseid and thus not taken over as a Black Lantern, also joins in, eager to become a hero to help save humanity. Green Lantern Guy Gardner, who was safe on the planet Oa, a Green Lantern itself, and who knows the danger of the Black Lanterns, joins as well. And finally, Phantom Stranger, eager to redeem his reputation and soul, joins to the dismay of Big Barda, Martian Manhunter, and Mr. Miracle, who know he cannot be trusted. Now, this is going to be a series on HBO Max, and so each episode of this series will begin with a report from Channel 52's star reporter Ambush Bug, who is there to help <laughs> explain it all and give viewers the latest dirt, gossip, and information. He'll also appear at any moment throughout an episode to get reactions from our heroes about what has literally just happened while the wound is still fresh. <laughs> Justice League Dark Gods, a new series, comes to HBO Max in 2024. Oh, that's a great title. <laughs> Very cool. Solid. Oh, the whole thing was great. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so good. I mean, I I I would take this. I'm going to print it and send it to HBO Max right now. Let's get on this. We need we need a good special <laughs> effects team, and that's it. <laughs> this is a cheap show to make. I'm telling you, Chris. Uh, Chris Tucker is not working for Match right now. He worked for Scale, and an Uber ride back. That is it. Wonderful. Okay. Well, what have you got for us, Megan? So Graham did take my title. Um, <laughs> pending clearance, uh, we're going to go with Justice League Next Generation. 
Um, as a reminder, Bruce Wayne is my elder, Dick Grayson, Nightwing is the leader, Kid Flash, Wally West for the comic relief, Red Arrow, Roy Harper for the hothead, Donna Troy, Wonder Girl is the brain, Kara Zor-El as Supergirl, the innocent, Billy Badson, Shazam as the wild card, and Mixie as my henchman, all taking place with the Secret Sanctuary as their headquarters. So this will be a movie, and at the beginning of the movie, we learn that um, after quite public uh, opposition to Lex Luthor's run for president, several of the Justice League members have gone missing. Um, Bruce Wayne uh, is also opposing Luthor's run for president, and we also see that Batman calls upon the sidekicks to look after the Secret Sanctuary while he tries to figure out what has happened to the missing League members. Uh, never one to ask for help himself to f- figure that out. Uh, Bruce decides to go in and confront Luther on his own, only to discover that Luther now has Mixie at his mercy because he's been able to say his name backwards. And Mixie puts Bruce Wayne with the rest of the uh, missing League members in another dimension. The remaining uh Justice League in the making is forced to try and figure out what has happened in need of some guidance. They look to turn to Shazam, but unfortunately for them, they learn that Shazam is in fact Billy Batson, the young kid, and he is of no help in that uh, guidance respect. So the League is forced to uh, step up and take the, put themselves in the shoes of their um, teachers and figure out what luther has done with the missing league members all right i i really like that idea and i, I like the uh the the potential personality clashes on this team i imagine there's going to be a lot of like um like a, in the balance between luther and mr mixie whatever like who's playing who mm-hmm. that sort of thing i'm picturing a lot of Mm-hmm. That's, that's really interesting. I bet there's going to be like a lot of dialogue for them is going to be really fascinating. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that also would need no exposition. <laughs> you know, like because we know all the characters. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no there's no need for origin stories or setup or anything. You can get right into the action. It's it would be almost like James Bond, where the opening scene can be a battle, and we don't need to know who's that. Who's this? Mm-hmm. Are they? Fi- we already know all these people, so it's it's brilliant in that sense of that we go into it automatically knowing who's good, who's bad, what the backstory is, and the audience is kind of in on some of the secrets, like Shazam, Captain mm-hmm. Marvel, like the combination between Wonder Girl and Nightwing that the other characters may not be. Yeah, one of the strengths of DC is the sidekicks, and they deserve the screen time. I think. Yeah. Okay, Kylie, let's hear what you've managed to pull together. Oh, God, okay. Uh, so my leader was the Green Lantern John Stewart. My comic relief was Booster Gold. My elder was Wonder Woman. My hothead was Lobo. My uh, brain was Blue Beetle Ted Cord. My innocent was Green Lantern Kyle Rayner. Um, my wild card was Green Lantern Hal Jordan. Um, my antagonist was a... <laughs> a tr- I can never say it. Atrocious? Atrocious. And the go. Red Lanterns. And then my henchmen were Manhunters. And my base was the UN Embassies. So my original title, which I have changed, uh, was Red is the New Green. Obviously, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was funny. 
Um, oh, no, so I thought Justice League read it. That's a great it's a, for a Christmas yeah. movie. <laughs> with a trust, this is a villain. It's definitely a feel-good family Obviously. comedy for the world. Um, no, so I went with Justice League Red as Dawn. Um, I'm still Ooh, workshopping I it. it. I don't know. Um, but what I want to do is I want to start on a very heavy, sort of dark opening um, of a Atro- I can never say it, but it's a trot. <sighs> Atrocitus backstory, um, and how the Green Lanterns uh, and the uh, the Manhunters uh, had the the issues of the program, and so then they attacked his. You know, I want his whole backstory of like, kind of like you know how uh, like obviously Thanos, like he's got that you know sort of backstory revealed a little bit more in um, the last movie. I thought, okay, start off with that. Start off with his backstory and how he became what he is now and why he hates the Green Lantern so much. But then smash cut to following Booster Gold, who which takes a completely different like tone to the film, um, wants to be a big superhero, but instead the Justice League has stuck him with Ted Cord and they are the repo men and that like of the Justice League. So their whole job is to go and collect um people basically doing stuff so i start i want them to go and their job is basically go collect lobo who has illegally claimed certain bounties and so they are (laughs) basically it's following them in their like stupid quest to get lobo to come in to the un embassy to be questioned by wonder woman um but it just follows them in their like repo man style role for the justice league and you know give them ridiculous outfits and everything um and then what happens is they get, they bring him somehow in their craziness. They luck would have it. They manage to bring him to the uh, UN where Wonder Woman is starting to do like questioning on him or like being like, come on, like do what you're supposed to be doing here. Um, straighten up. And it's a whole wrong place, wrong time scenario where John Stewart arrives um, having taken over the Green Lantern Corps from Hal Jordan and is training Kyle. So he brings him with him. And he basically goes to enlist Wonder Woman, and that's the whole reason of going to the UN Embassy, is to enlist her um, and help to stop the Red Lanterns from coming to Earth uh, for their revenge against the Green Lanterns. Um, as, they, as they're discussing the plan to handle the, Green, the Red Lanterns, they arrive, obviously, on Earth, and when they go out to fight, Lobo immediately, uh, in his rage, gets uh, sort of obviously taken over by rage and and the red lantern power and so wonder woman has to basically kind of hold off helping the rest of them and kind of handle lobo since she's the only one that can deal with that um and then it's gonna i kind of have it involved it from there but essentially fight ensues uh, there's a lot of like um moments you know i don't know you want to feel for the bad guy in there somewhere i didn't fully think this out that's as far as i got let's be real <laughs> I'm not gonna bullshit you. No, I like as far as I got. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of want it to be like, I don't know. I kind of want it to have that like earth ground, like that grounding um, bad guy story. But at the same time, this like humor of like Booster Gold and Ted Cord being in the wrong place at the wrong time, and like just all of a sudden being like, uh, uh, I guess we're in this now, and like getting their moment to shine. Um, you should go full Repo Man and have Charlie Sheen what, and Emilio Estevez. It would be play great. That. It would be fantastic. Um, so it's a half baked take on uh, my story, but um, I got the beginning and the middle, just working out the rest. 
Not as fully, not as fully function. I'd watch it. Not as fully function as other people's, but you know. I would not watch it, but (laughs) should I change the title back to "Red is the new uh, Red is the new green"? (laughs) Cameo by Jessica. Okay, Uh, I will definitely watch it. Uh, So let's let's go with uh, let's see Jesse's pitch for his movie. Let's see what we get. And this will, by the way, be debuting at the Magic Castle right here in Los Angeles. <laughs> okay, so then it's up to me. So I looked at this. I took this really seriously when I was thinking about, like, what kind of movie can I make to put DC back on the silver screen? <laughs> um, and I thought, you know what? Like, Marvel, they've already done the like the dark mirror of the hero. Like, they've done it. They've done it well. We're not going to beat that. They've already done the cosmic threat. The Thanos was great. But I thought what where there's a weakness or something that we can hit is magic. I mean, Doctor Strange, it's a fun movie. But, you know, <laughs> eh, meh. Um, so I really wanted to lean into magic with what I was doing, which I'm sure you can tell from my characters. Um, I have John Constantine leading my team uh, with Zatanna as the comic relief and, frankly, deuteragonist. I've got Superman, good old classic Kansas boy as the elder. Etrigan slash Jason Blood is my hothead. Steel, but the Natasha Irons rather than John Henry Irons. Character Steel is my brain. Uh, Jessica Cruz, the Green Lantern, is my innocent. Cyborg Superman, Hank Henshaw, is my wild card. Uh, and the antagonist as Parallax with his henchman Felix Faust, operating all out of the Hall of Justice. Um, I think what's happening here. Unlike you guys who see the need to kidnap or murder all the original <laughs> Justice League characters to restart the Justice League franchise, I think this takes place in a world where like, the Justice League has successfully established itself. Um, if you want, maybe you can like loosely say it is sort of directly following the Justice League-esque movies that are already out. Um, but all the classic heroes, they're, now, like, they're a big deal now. Um, so, like, when I have Superman as the Elder, it's because, like, you know, he's already fought Zod. He's already fought... He's already fought Steppenwolf. <laughs> heavy sigh. Um, like, they've already... Like, a lot of, like, they've already sort of passed the point where they've dealt with their character flaws and defeated their villains and established this, like, this world where it's kept safe by these heroes. Um, I think what happens inciting incident in this movie is Felix Faust crazy sorcerer guy evil wizard is up to no good and it's you know not even a blip on the justice league's radar you know hal jordan is like king of oa now and you know aquaman is ruling atlantis and and superman you know, goes down the list and he's like well okay we can get some of our b or c level heroes out and i think what happens is that he sends out like jessica cruz and zatanna it's sort of like the young hero and then sort of like a big sister thing and mm-hmm. unexpectedly they're soundly defeated and like what kind of magic is he doing that it can you know, defeat a green lantern's power ring that it can stop zatanna's backwards magic and that's how they go to loop in constantine because he knows felix faust and constantine doesn't want to have anything to do with them the justice league or goody two shoes it's stupid leave me alone and there's a whole conflict about like how can you be so selfish in the face of the greater good when there's a knock at the window and there's a familiar red caped figure and it's superman what are you doing here it's oh no i'm not superman and the cyborg shows up and he goes look there's more going on here than you know felix faust is a bigger threat and superman knows it too and he's trying to keep it quiet but you guys need to be 
really aware of what's going on here. And he starts to sow some doubt in them about the Justice League and what's really going on. They go out and they build their team. We get Steel in, we get Etrigan in, we have the you know the same sort of like you know, cast assembly you get from big team up superhero movies or heist movies, maybe even is a better model. Um, they they work together, they overcome their personal issues and are able to, you know, put all that aside just long enough to defeat Felix Faust and realize that he's using like yellow power ring power kind of. And they get the hint that Parallax is involved in this and it's such a big deal. But if that's the case, why isn't the bigger Justice League handling it? Well, Superman himself is not big on magic, but, you know, the whole thing with Parallax is that he's a corrupting influence. So can we trust what's going on up there? We don't know. This is all paranoia being spread from Cyborg Superman. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but it lays the groundwork for these characters are going to step up to deal with this new threat when the older characters are, I mean, they're unavailable. They're dealing with other stuff, but maybe also everything isn't quite what it seems. So definitely more of an inception you know, to start a larger cinematic universe um, than to have everything happening in one movie. But I think it's a pretty good stepping stone for that. I'm not married to the title I've come up with, but so far I'm playing with Justice League Arcana uh, <laughs> because it's a word that means magic shit, but also with the <laughs> implication that there's like hidden lore, like the events that are happening here aren't necessarily publicized it's not the kind of thing that the the old justice league wants out there this is kind of the kind of stuff that they wanted to keep secret because of you know what's going to happen next and you'd get to still call it jla yeah yeah see see i was thinking for your title i was gonna i didn't know what you were gonna go with but i was just thinking justice league ta-da and i thought (laughs) fun and you could kind of have all the characters coming out of a magic hat Uh, could be a lot of fun (laughs) and then have it be like shield and have tada spell some it's an acronym (laughs) yeah right the uh american defenders uh alliance defaulting my yeah alliance yeah that's not bad there we go there's been worse acronyms in the world that's for sure (laughs) i mean shield itself is not very good (laughs) anyway that's uh that's my idea i think in describing it it came out a little darker than i actually want it to be i want it to be kind of fun with some magic ridiculousness but also lay the groundwork to do a lot more and hopefully you know get those butts back in those seats because you know marvel's really killing it on the silver screen and you want to get dc back up there with some of that billion dollar blockbuster money okay well i guess that's uh that that's that's it for the show i think those all sound like fantastic projects and this was truly a blast to do and i i don't want it to end i want to actually start over from the beginning and build a team around gorilla. <laughs> all right well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I feel like you've all got stuff. Uh, if we go down in the draft order, like, Doug, it's it's Puck Podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about that before you go, where folks can find you? Uh, if you like hockey, check out the Puck Podcast. Uh, it's on Pandora, soon coming to the SiriusXM app. It's uh, puckpodcast.com. Anywhere you get podcasts, it should be available. If you don't like hockey, <laughs> do not waste your time with it because you will not like it's It's three hours of hockey talk every week. So It was uh, one of the first good. hockey podcasts out there, right? It was. It was. And we were the, the, the biggest pride for me was we were the first kind of new media recognized as members of the media by the NHL. 
uh, first blog or podcast or anything like that to get recognized as a member of the media by the NHL. And we've had we've been media since 2006, which when you go back to 2006 and you think about what was going on, MySpace was huge. Twitter had not yet really existed. Um, it was a completely different world. And now I remember going to games and introducing myself as Doug Stolhan from the Puck Podcast and getting looks from media members like, <laughs> what is this guy doing here? You know, this is just some guy. And now every single one of them has their own podcast. Teams have their own podcast. League, the league, the, the players have a podcast. So it's grown exponentially and will continue to do so. And stuff like this exists, which is so much fun. And like I said, I, this was a blast. I, this is... I, I do want to go back in time and do this all over again because it was that much fun. Well, we're deeply flattered, but also deeply grateful to have you, Doug. Thank you very much. Uh, Megan, did you have anything you wanted to promote? <laughs> I do not, but uh, thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. We definitely have you on again at some point. This was great. Happy to. And Kylie, you've also got some sports stuff going on, right? Yeah, but I also will probably be on this podcast again, so you can find me here at Geeks on Fire. <laughs> no, I kid. Um, yeah, no, I have a, a sports podcast as well. Um, still new, still working on it, but it's all on women's sports, and it's called Bet on Women's Sports uh, Podcast. So, um, yeah, you can catch that. We just did a new episode uh, at the beginning of this week, so... Um, it's on Apple, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those spots. So check it out if you enjoy uh, listening to people talk women's sports. Well, thank you again, folks. And while we're giving out thanks, I always want to mention, of course, uh, extra thanks go to Jamie Reum, uh, the guy behind our theme song and is our musician-in-chief. Um, Reum is spelled R-E-A-U-M-E. Check him out, uh, Jamie Reum Official on YouTube and Jamie underscore Reum on Instagram. And check out his uh, virtual pub trivia night project, TriviaSchmivia.com. There's league play. There's just regular jazz. It's just if you remember going outdoors to pubs <laughs> And having fun with trivia, he brings that straight to you through the magic of Zoom, and he is unfairly good at it. The guy is very talented. And finally, special thanks to you, the audience. Uh, we get to do this because you guys are interested in hearing it, and it just means we get to spend our evenings doing cool stuff like this, and it's considered productive <laughs> instead of indulgent, so we owe you that greatly. Um, are there things that, are there people you can't believe we didn't have in the pool, or people you can't believe that uh, we didn't pick? Or do you just have opinions on the stuff we want to build, or maybe do you want to you know, extend an option to one of the cool pitches we just did? There are all kinds of ways that you can get a hold of us. Yeah, you can get our uh, us on email at geektop5 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5. We're on Twitter at geektop5. And uh, yeah, please let us know what you thought of our drafts. We, uh, we're always gauging interest. See if we're going to do more of these. See if we're going to do other stuff you're into. So all comments, even the nasty ones, aren't, well, I'm not going to say appreciated, but we do love to hear from you. So give it a shot. And don't forget, you can get the pool for this to play the home game. Do it yourself from geektop5.com or facebook.com slash geektop5. Give you something to do during these uncertain and unentertaining times. Uh, until the next episode. And until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>